Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Cold Storage Podcast. Yes. I'm your host, Callie. That's what you're supposed to say. Oh, yeah. Next. I'm your host, Callie. Joined with me are two lovely men oh. with beards. Introduce yourselves, guys. Well, this is Ryan here on the left, and uh, the, <laughs> I am Spencer. Okay. I'll be at Spence across the table from me yeah. to your immediate left wonderful <laughs> <laughs> and then across from us is the listener welcome listener why are you claiming we only have one listener okay, welcome listeners i there don't think go. they get all fit on the other side of this table okay oh. sorry one listener at a time you guys <laughs> <laughs> okay so wait your turn send us an email at uh whatever the <laughs> what's our email Callie? what's the email uh the cold storage podcast at gmail.com that's it that's gmail with a g (laughs) that's right and um you could also find us on instagram at cold storage podcast yeah we've posted a couple times recently yes we have but uh, what i liked that last one who did that last one with the one about blazing combat yeah that was me nice work yeah Mm -hmm. thanks man i mean yeah I had to pick the right filter and stuff it was like (laughs) it was crazy like do i go clarendon or do i go uh that's Clarendon's the only one I know the name I of. I should have <laughs> known from the, the spelling that it was you. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Kelly? I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about your spelling. My spelling is horrible. Why is that? Well, actually, my spelling is really good when I think about it, but when I type it out, it's garbage. For some yeah. reason, I always get autocorrected to like for <laughs> stuff. Because earlier, I was like, all I have left uh-huh. is the back matter of the book. And Ryan says... Who did you give it to? Because it came out said, as all gave. I gave. Yeah. 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 All I gave. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. Here's so, let's talk more about that. Okay. Let's talk more about <laughs> Do you remember on our last podcast when um, and I threw a mouse at your head? Yes. Uh, good times. There's actually a bunch of bloopers like that. So, for, yeah, like you threw a mouse. I was sitting on the couch and you were going upstairs to get something and you threw the mouse and it like flew and whacked me right in the forehead. When we talk about mouse, we're talking about a computer mouse. Yes, right? exactly. It's a hard <laughs> yes. plastic flying. Not the speed um, but it like yeah. exploded, dude. Yes. Yeah. The batteries came out of it. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. So how come you're still my friend after that? Because I have no others. <laughs> oh, sad. oh man, that's so <laughs> sad. Um, so uh, yeah, and then like. You like screamed on the podcast, and it was so funny. Yeah, oh, wasn't that like the blooper at the end of every episode for like the next <laughs> so, year? I think. Yeah, it was like the very end of it. It was like it was great. Ah! <laughs> Dude, what? Okay, but the real thing is, what did you do that made me do? I feel like there was something worth. I think it was just in your house. <laughs> 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 No, I think that had to be a reason, dude. 
I, I really think that's probably what it was. It was just like, I don't, I don't, I, I might have like talked back to you or something, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. that's it. And you just like threw it at me. You back sassed me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it's not my hand. <laughs> Remember when we called the, the guys uh, from Greece and you could like barely oh, understand dude. them? That may have been the same yeah. episode. I feel like that, that might have been have. around the yeah. same time. Those dudes were so freaking funny. Um, Nictarios. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. yeah. Dude. That was right. And the. Nobody cares about this is listening to no. them, but uh, dude, it was so funny. The thing that killed me was like, you were trying to do a Greek accent before we called them. <laughs> yeah. And you kept doing uh, Borat. Borat. Yeah, yeah. It, was just, it was just Borat. And I was like, dude, that's not what they sound like. <laughs> and then once we called them, there's the... <laughs> That's 100% Borat. We had to walk away. I know. Because we couldn't handle it. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, oh man. These guys had to continue on the interview because dude, I was dead. I yeah. was dead. That was so good. Poor oh, Victorious, dude. If you're still out there, man, we're sorry. Yeah, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Hope you're doing good. <laughs> Man, we had a lot. We had a lot of really good interviews on that show. Yeah, we talked to we some did. good people, man. We did too bad you guys can't find it anyway. We should put them on YouTube or something. So I could probably go through my old emails. Should we drop? Some, like, let's drop some names. We okay. talked to Fiona Staples twice. Oh, oh, did we two times? I think the first one we, we yeah, lost. We I think. Yeah, dude. I think. How many of those did we do twice that we messed up? We did Dan Fraga, Dan Fraga and mm-hmm. we did uh, the J H Williams the third. We had to do him twice. Yes. Oh, we had to do... Uh, and uh, the guy that did 30 Days of Night. Yeah, uh, oh, Ben Temple Smith. Yes, Temple Smith. and he yeah. was so great. Yeah, he was awesome. Know, he was yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, did we do Remender? We did Remender. We did All Red. We did... Norm Brayfogel. Uh, we did Dave Stewart. Um, oh, yeah. Brian Chirilla. We interviewed Dave Stewart? Yeah. How do I not remember that? The colorist? Yes. We talked to him. I yes. don't remember that. That's weird, dude. We talked to... Um, I remember all those others so far. What's... Uh, was she an inker or a colorist? Not Fiona Staples, the other Nia, one. Nia Rufino. Yeah, Nia Rufino. Yeah. Yeah, dude. She was great. What's she yeah. up to? Oh, Norm Brayfogle? Yeah. I said that one. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. The uh, Ro- Royal McGraw. We did. Yeah. We interviewed Royal dude, McGraw. I miss him. He was awesome, dude. He was, he was in the great. REM mm-hmm. video. Remember he told us yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, that's he right. He was in yeah. the in the place where you are video before he was... The Royal McGraw. Right? <laughs> oh, he was so uh, cool. Because he was, we told him that we used his name as like a, a euphemism for some sex or sex move. Right, exactly. And he was totally cool with it, dude. And then, uh, dude, who else did we... Oh, man. There was a guy that did... Um, he worked on BPRD. Um, oh, Guy Davis. Guy Davis. Yeah. Did we talk to Guy Davis? Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't remember. Maybe oh. it was Guy Davis I got confused with Dave Stewart. But we, ta- we talked to... Yes, yeah, it was Guy Davis. Yeah, dude, you're right. I don't know if we talked to Dave Stewart. Because Dave Stewart did cover Color, he, the cover yeah, of our book. I don't think we ever yeah. him. And I think we said hey to him. We did, definitely yeah, said yeah, hey to him, to him at ECC. Yeah. Did we actually, speaking of which, did we ever interview Brian Chirilla? Yeah, we yeah, did. We yes. did. Yeah, yeah. a couple times. Yeah. And then uh, who did we do that worked for MAD for a long time? Tom, uh, is his name Tom? Oh, no, Tom no, Fowler. We Tom interviewed Fowler. Tom Fowler. Tom Fowler yeah. didn't work for MAD, did he? Yeah, I thought he just had their style. He just was influenced by MAD. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, okay. He was he was fun. Man. Oh, and uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah. we did him before twice. he did before yes. he started the Flash. He was on yeah. uh, Green Lantern. No, no it was what? a Superman Adventure comic. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, and then we're like, "Hey, who's your favorite character?" He's like, the Flash. "I can't yeah. see." <laughs> and then no, went, I, I swear we got he dropped some hints that it was the Flash I think he though. Did too. Yeah, and then he got on the Flash and he was yeah. on forever, dude. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, yeah that he was, was he biggest. was cool. Yeah, he was really cool. Dude. He was a nice he's dude. The Canadian guy, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why. Yep. And uh, oh man, yeah, Will there Eisner was and Jack Kirby. Those are good. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. Good those are really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that would be cool. We should just like break apart a Jack Kirby interview and then us do it, and we just a- ask, ask the, the question. Yeah, he answers it. <laughs> yeah, we should do it. Exclusive Jack Kirby interview. <laughs> hey, can one of you guys do a Jack Kirby impression? Uh, what's the deal? What's the deal <laughs> with Stan Lee? <laughs> Dude, uh, it's pretty so good. All right. It's clobbering time. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> on our next uh, episode, Jack Kirby interview coming from 1993. <laughs> right. He died in 94. Right? Yeah. Good job. All right. Um, you know, uh, that reminds me, I was scrolling through Instagram and I see all these stupid photos of people putting like Jack and Kirby, like Jack and uh, Lee, Stan Lee together. And I'm like, dude, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, they did work together quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, it turns out that they created <laughs> the Marvel Universe together. But it's like, they, no, one of them was like <laughs> they a, did a side few issues together. One of them was in, like side hug and one of them was like, you know, it's just like all, they, all these poses where they're like standing together. Mm. Um, you and should just, be happy that Kirby's included. Yeah, that's true, dude. I'd be happier if Stanley Stan. was removed. Because on because on Instagram, it's just all I'd, posers. Yeah. There's no Jack Kirby etch a sketch, dude. There's only <laughs> no. Okay, I gotta talk about this. So my wife and I are walking through Walmart for a minute, and I'm walking and I see this like exclusive etch a sketch, like limited edition thing. It has Stanley's signature across it. It has a Captain America shield, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, first of all, he wasn't an artist, so why is he on an etch a sketch? Because etch a sketching. Is all about art, right? Like, but he did write how to draw comics the Marvel way. Oh, you're right. So it wasn't was it not uh, Busema that did? Well, Stanley wrote it. Busema illustrated it. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Stanley did write it, and I know that he wrote his first published work was like a Captain America story, but it it still bothers me that. Everybody gives Stanley a shield when it's an action figure or a pose or something. Right. I'm like, he should not be holding a shield. Right. That is not yeah. that is not his claim. But I mean, so I brought this up one time. We speaking of old podcasting days, we used to have these friends called uh, Burnt Wieners. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I brought this up. with John, them. what's up, dude? Yeah, when we first um, when the Captain America movie first came out, Stanley had a cameo in it. I was really pissed about it. I was like, dude, why is he even in this? But then he did bring up that, dude, he wrote, he worked on Captain America longer than Jack Kirby did, dude. Right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, right. he, and yeah. he brought Captain America back into Fame. Yeah, exactly. public Captain consciousness. Was gone. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Okay. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Stanley decided to bring it back in. So maybe because of that, he deserves some credit. But yeah, I mean, if you ask the normal person on the street, they think Stanley created everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Wolverine and yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. everything else. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What well, didn't we see something of like? Oh, what, it was something with Wolverine. There's somebody on when Stan died. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It was what's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, did he? Yeah. And he's oh, like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I just want to like thank the guy that created Wolverine. <laughs> like, dude. Oh my gosh. So ignorant. Yeah, dude. But they, they don't. I mean, it's honestly too bad that Jack couldn't have been alive to see what happened to the Marvel Universe, dude. Because, dude, he would have been. His mind would have been blown. He would have been loving it. Yeah. I mean, like, just as much as Stanley, I I actually get really happy that Stanley got to see all that because he was like soaking it in. It was like all that he ever wanted, 
and he was just soaking it in, dude, and everybody was giving him respect, and it was like his whole life had led up to like this, and he at the end of his life, he finally got to just like enjoy the fruits of everything he did. Right. And it's just really sad that Jack didn't yeah. get to do that, dude. In fact, like he uh, was banished basically into like animation and it, it, you know, it was a self banishment, but it was because he wasn't making enough money. And it's just, mm -hmm. dude, it's sad, dude. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, the, the fans loved him, but like the general public had no clue right. like, who he was. And like, it seems like Stan's whole thing about, um, like, he was. He's always tried to get you know Marvel into film or like TV. Oh yeah, always. And that was, was his biggest yeah. thing, you know. Sure. And so I think that that was good for him to see, like you said, before he passed on. And so you're kind of saying the same thing I just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but dude, Jack. I mean, Jack loved movies, dude. He loved film. He grew up, you know, watching movies and stuff. He would say that he would go to the movies all the time when he was a kid, and just to see, like, I mean. He doesn't get to see the Eternals skip made, dude, and that's oh. it. May be a good thing, <laughs> we'll see <laughs> yeah. but, um, because right now, at least what we've seen, the costumes don't look Jack Kirby-ish. Very little Jack Kirby. There's like ten percent Jack Kirby in the costumes of the Eternals, but but I mean, even Thor Ragnarok, like you know that he would have loved to see that. Yeah, stuff. oh yeah, it, it for sure. Very Kirby. It was probably the most Kirby feeling film they've made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than maybe like Captain America. Uh, I mean, yeah. but Captain America was a Simon Kirby thing, right? So it, it definitely had some Joe Simon. I mean, Kirby I, Simon. Yeah, I was gonna say Kirby Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what you were talking about for a second. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> who's this Simon Kirby you're talking about? Um, uh, anybody get any uh, new comic pickups? If anybody's still listening, sorry, uh, but we're talking for ourselves now. So. I don't, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in the last show, but well, I, don't uh, mention it again. <laughs> I don't know if I did, but I, so I almost had the entire series of Astro City and now I do. And oh. I, Oh yeah, no, you were almost there. Yeah. Episode yeah, I was, yeah. You completed it. Yeah. Yeah. In and, the meantime. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty much what I've picked up recently. I did find a really good deal on, uh, Avengers, uh, JLA. Cause I was oh, listening really? to another oh, podcast yeah. and it got me all looking at it. Wait, yeah. we did one of those uh, reviews. We did. You did. We, and we that didn't get you looking at it? Well, it did. I read it. I read right. it for our review. Oh, um, but you but didn't I want the hard copy. How did you do that? I did, the digital world. <laughs> the world. I mean, because it's definitely not digitally available because oh. the rights are too. Yeah, they're too. Um, yeah. I, so, I borrowed them from a friend, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> digitally. Exactly, yes. Okay, that's a good way to say illegally downloaded. I borrowed it from a friend digitally. All right. So anyway, uh, what was it? how much was it, dude? It was only sixty bucks for all four. For all four, mm -hmm. it's not bad, dude. Yeah, when, that's when, a really good price. When number yeah. four is going for like fifty dollars on its own, dude. Why didn't you pull the trigger, man? Because he bought Astro bought City oh instead. God. Yeah, I know. And I did, but the thing is, it wasn't. I didn't look until like today. And now it's, it's available, so like maybe by the end of oh. the night I'll have purchased it. Or I will have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you Dude, so speaking of your boy, Kurt, Yeah. right? Um, so I've been looking up uh, Metal Hurlant. Okay. I don't understand French. Mm. Metal Hurlant. Okay. Uh, that was, I didn't realize this, but the Heavy Metal magazine was originally, it's adapted from a French magazine. Really? Okay. Called okay. Metal Hurlant. Uh-huh. And uh, 
anyway, they revived it, which I didn't even know, but they revived Metal Hurlant, like, not that long ago, and, like, people like Jeff Johns have stories in it, Kurt Busiek has really? stories yeah. in it. Really? Yeah, huh. like, 2000, I want to say... AD? Yeah, no, it was, it was in the 2000s, <laughs> like, maybe 2006 or something like okay. that, or... I, I'm going to be wrong. It was in the 2000s, but yeah, I didn't realize that they'd revamped it. But then that sent me down a whole rabbit hole of like, yeah, that, that was heavy metal came from a French magazine. That's but cool. But then they revamped yeah. the French magazine, but they still wrote it in English because Jeff Johns and stuff was writing it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be the next things I try to hunt down, I think. Cool. Wow, yeah, nice, awesome. man. Yeah. Those original issues, the original French ones. Uh, so that's like uh, Mobius. You know him, right? Yeah. He was in those original uh, French heavy metals, heavy metals uh-huh. yeah. And uh, dude, that dude, speaking of him, have you seen his Silver Surfer? Yes, dude, holy crap! Yeah. I gotta get those, man. Yeah, that's like the best looking Silver <laughs> Surfer, like other than Jack's, obviously. But that dude is, <clears throat> yeah, something else, man. Out of this world, if you will. <laughs> and speaking of something in this world, uh-huh. we're going to review tonight. Uh, several uh, books or several magazines that were uh that took place during uh the wars of this world yes the vietnam war and war of the worlds and war of the worlds yep. and <laughs> star wars <laughs> secret wars <laughs> Civil yeah. war yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, just before we forget, uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Angels Envy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes. And Fanta and Yoritos. No, it's Haritos. Haritos. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Tutti Frutti. Can I give a couple of quick shout-outs? No. Refresco sabor natural con azúcar real. Okay, now you can. Yeah, okay. Please go do ahead. your shout-outs. Thanks, Ryan. <clears throat> There's a couple of podcasts that have been nice to us. One maybe by accident. This American Life. Uh, yeah, check those guys out. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good. But also uh, Bronze and Modern Gods. They've been uh, good to us on Instagram. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. They've yeah. been chatting us up on Instagram. And they're a pretty good podcast. They're guys that sell comics um, for a living, but they're also fans of comics. Yes. And if you are into um, the market of collecting and reselling, they're good ones um, to listen to. But even if not, um, they're still they're very, entertaining. very professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've only been around for a few months, actually. But huh. um, yeah, they're already more professional than we are. <laughs> so. <laughs> and yeah, they're their relationship to comics is like the completely opposite of, of mine. Right. But like, uh, it's still a really great show. And like, yeah. I really enjoyed it because they, they obviously know a lot about the investment and, and this, which I know nothing about. Right. But then you, but then they read them and they're fans too. So they, they know what they're talking about. And it is, I, I really like it. It's a good right. show. One episode he was talking about, um, that he has his his grail is amazing fantasy 15 and he was talking about uh during the pandemic he was worried that he was gonna have to sell it but he he decided to hold on to it um Jeez. so yeah i mean that just shows oh, that there i know can you imagine having that in your back pocket like like if i ever lose my job at least i've got amazing fantasy 15 <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, my, yeah, no that could keep me going for a few years <laughs> yeah dude so um but yeah so i mean yeah stuff like that they want to hold on to so they're obviously yeah big time fans of it right. and, and they were saying too that a lot of times of the big key issues they get two so that they could resell one and then and keep and the other keep the other one yeah, yeah. so uh, but yeah they're good they are good and then um, uh, a show that left us 
a really good review, although I do think it was by accident. <laughs> but nevertheless, don't tell them there, there's a podcast, and they also have a YouTube show. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. uh, called The Misery Machine. Okay. And it is a uh, kind of a true crime. That sounds like a takeoff of uh, Scooby-Doo, right? Yeah, Mystery, mystery Machine. machine. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I believe it. I believe yeah. it is. Cool. I also think it is a uh, Marilyn Manson song, I believe. Oh, is it? Let me look it up. I think so. Should I play it for the um, listeners? Sweet dreams are made <laughs> of these. <laughs> no, you don't need to play it. Tell us more about the podcast. Uh, I, I've only listened to two episodes so far. Okay. But it's very enjoyable. Yeah. They're, they're very funny. They have a great sense of humor. But man, they're they're dark, dude. Yeah. They're pretty fucked up. <laughs> it definitely is a Marilyn Manson song. Yes. Is it? Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, because like true crime, it just kind of bums me out just because it just reminds me how horrible the world is. And I don't need the, those are the, the reminder. Those are the biggest ones, man. All right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But these, but what I do like about these guys is they they um they have a very good sense of humor about it but they're like way too into it you know oh, really? <laughs> like maybe they're studying up like like they watch all the horrible videos yeah. and stuff like that dude, no, i just i just do, can't dude. do that they're, they're crazy into that stuff i yeah. used to there's a few that i used to listen to that i just had to stop because right said, i'm just like yeah yeah this just is not bombs bombs so, yeah, so heavy yeah but no but check those guys out too because they left us a very nice review even if it was by accident <laughs> Like they're just clicking on a podcast. Okay, so I want to <laughs> review um, WTF or The Nerdist. Boom. Okay. Well, what was cool for for me is uh, one of the episodes I listened to was Armin Muse. I'm pronouncing that wrong. The German cannibal from like 2004 where he mm. found a guy online that wanted to be eaten. And he always wanted to eat somebody. Dude, I never so, heard that. That's oh, crazy. dude, it was one of the worst things in oh the world, and it fucked me up. Like they found each other on the internet, of course, because the internet's the worst thing that ever happened to mankind. Right. Like this guy wanted to be eaten. That was his fantasy, and this other guy's fantasy was to eat someone. Right? Okay. So Spence had to leave. He he couldn't take it. He just left. <laughs> but um, so like, they found each other on the internet, and um. Like, they filmed the whole thing. They filmed it? They filmed it. So the footage exists. I don't think it's really out there, thank God. But, like, they had to watch it in court or whatever. Because, like, obviously, the, they he killed this dude and ate him. Uh-huh. But, like, the guy wanted it. That's so weird. So, like, there was this whole legal... Battle. Battle. Yeah. Of, like, you know, they ended up convicting him on, on this these things and decided to put him away or whatever but like he didn't he didn't like it wasn't murder because the guy asked wanted for to it. do like right. they literally like cut this dude's wiener off they both sat down and ate it together he ate his own wiener oh my god they sat down and ate this dude's wiener together he ate his own wiener <laughs> while he's <laughs> while he's bleeding bleeding to death and it's just the worst thing in the world dude I stepped away for two seconds and then I come back and I'm like dude these guys were eating, sharing eating, a dude's eating their own, his own, wiener. own wiener yeah but the but what delighted me about that particular episode <laughs> was delighted was uh, they they mentioned the the guys from Misery Machine they mentioned that there's a really great song called Eaten by the band called Bloodbath yeah 
it's one of the raddest death metal songs you'll ever hear in your life. It's great. <laughs> so the fact that they mentioned that made me very happy. Dude. So good on you, Misery Machine. Uh, okay, then. That's good. On to the review. On to Blazing on to Combat. Blazing Combat. Blazing one, Yep, one through four. So Blazing Combat. Uh, you want to tell us who it was uh, originally produced by and when? Uh, yeah, thank you. Th- th- thank you. Uh, thank, thank, no, thank you. Yeah. Let's, let's all thank Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Okay. So, um, Blazing Combat was um, the second Warren magazine. Yeah. Um, after Creepy. Okay. So they had Creepy. Basically, Creepy was a revamp of the EC comics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they used the same artists and everything. Like, yeah. it, it was a continuation of EC, which was weird to me is that it was only like 10 years later. Like, to me, because Creepy started uh, yeah, in the early 60s, yeah. and EC was the 50s, right? right. So, uh, yeah, it was only like 10 years later, but it seems like a, hmm. a lifetime, because during that time, superheroes and everything went away, horror comics went away, and then later, these guys came out as a magazine. Warren came out as a magazine. That's how they were able to do that stuff and, right. and avoid the comics code. Uh, so Blazing Combat was their second one, followed closely by Eerie. They they were obviously cashing in on Creepy, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, at the when you see, speaking of, dude, these guys, to me, Warren, the early days of Warren are synonymous with EC to me because the same artists they did the same things dude uh like for example uh ec created mad magazine mm-hmm. but then they also created panic which was a mad magazine clone <laughs> it was and like a rip off of its it, own yeah right, and they would brand. even talk shit on mad magazine <laughs> in it even though it was the same publisher that did both of them and uh so creepy and eerie is the same thing um uh you know basically the same thing yeah but in between, they had this war comic that went for four issues. So uh, Jim Warren, Warren Publications, and uh, this was written by Archie Goodwin, for the most part. There's like a couple stories that have a co 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 writer right. credit. But Archie Goodwin pretty much did most of it. Right. And if you guys don't know, Archie Goodwin, uh, he worked for DC. He worked for Marvel. He was editor in chief for Marvel for about a year. He was like an interim uh, between. Um, so Jim Shooter took over for Archie Goodwin, and before that it was somebody. I can't remember who at this point. And I just remember hearing that Jim, that I'm sorry, Archie Goodwin, he has a, a reputation as being the most, the nicest man in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember who said it, but someone said that the reason why he wasn't a good editor-in-chief was because he was too nice and everybody really loved him. Right. Well, and he didn't actually, truthfully, he didn't want the job. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. he was actually, he resigned, and that's what brought Jim Shooter in. Because, yeah, he is, I've listened to some interviews with him, and he seems like genuinely the nicest dude that you could meet. And so he, him and Jim Warren were basically responsible for this. And at the time, him and Jim Warren were the only two, like, full-time employees right. at Warren Magazine. Like, it's crazy. Everything else, like Frank Frazetta, Al Williamson, Reed Crandall, like uh, Joe Orlando, all these guys, they they were, you know, for hire guys, you know, uh, freelancers. Free, yeah, freelance. But, um, yeah, so, but Archie Goodwin had the task of uh, writing all these. He was also the editor of Creepy after, like, the fourth issue or something like that. Yeah, I He became so. the full-time editor of Creepy. 
And dude, he, it, to me, is like responsible for what makes Warren what as is. good as he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's one of the best writers. Mo- he is the most underrated writer in comics, I would say, because like, growing up, I never heard his name really. Uh, I didn't really know who he was. Um, but you'd always hear about all these other writers. Um, but, dude, he could write anything. Any kind of yeah. story, any time period, the guy could write it. Kind of like a... Uh, and Maybe it's just because of the creepy and eerie kind of stuff. Occasionally there's twist endings and whatnot. But, and, and, and this sounds more dismissive than I mean it to be. But um, kind of like in a Rod Serling kind of way. Yeah, yeah Because uh, Rod Serling could really write any genre mm-hmm. and write it very well yeah that's a good and, point and so so he kind of re- there's a few similarities I think between Rod and and Archie um, um, you know and you know perhaps there was some influence here and there or there who knows but um, but for me <laughs> that's like the highest compliment I could give someone for to sure. say that they, that they <laughs> remind me of Rod Serling yeah you know so so um yeah, man, he's he's just so freaking I, good. I hadn't even put that together, but you're right, dude, because, like, you know, all the Warren stuff he did was anthology style, which is what um, Twilight Zone is. And, uh, yeah, it's like any setting, any character, right. the guy can write it. And it's just mm-hmm. uh, really good. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, and then, like we were talking about, they brought in all of the artists from, not all of them, but a lot of their artists were from EC days, but it was ten years later, and dude, they've honestly improved uh, a lot. Yeah, their their artwork is def- definitely like uh, Joe Orlando, artist. for example. Like uh, he um, also went on to become an editor uh, yeah. of mm-hmm. DC stuff. But uh, today, even today, I was reading some EC Joe Orlando stuff, and then I read this Blazing Combat Joe Orlando stuff, and I'm like, dude, in ten years, you got so much it is better. So good. It's oh. so crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were some of the other artists? So Frazetta did the covers of every one of these Blazing Combats, right? Yes. There was four issues. Correct. Okay, real quick, before we get into that, let's talk about how uh, why it only went four issues. Yeah. Well, uh, part of it was because of the they didn't want to be politically... Uh, well, they, they, it was like war shaming, basically, right? During <laughs> like the war, essentially. Yeah, this, so this was published right? during the Vietnam War. Right. Correct. Yeah. And so it was unpolitical for them to or not unpolitical unpatriotic for them uh, to print well, it well, dude let's create words so let's go like okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's do it <laughs> well, um, yeah just because i mean you know they're uh, as they say in the uh what is it called the epilogue or whatever in the back of this book there's some really so, good so interviews. there's a so there's the magazines that came out with warren but then uh there's been a couple of reprints of yeah. it um there was the guy bought the rights. I can't remember his name, but he actually does like either. the introduction to this. But he bought the rights to it, and he re-released them um, as magazines, and then he also collected them. But yes. this this one that we're talking about came from uh, Fantagraphics, um, and it was published, you know, a few years ago. Hardcover edition. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. But yeah, in in the back, there's uh, some a good interview with Jim Warren and, and Archie Goodwin. And uh, I can't remember which one of them it was, but he, he points out, he's like, listen, the, the kids that were in the Vietnam War were raised by World War II veterans, yeah. where you were instilled, if you love your country, you go fight for your country, right? And you know, which is a very noble sentiment still. But like, and so, so to express 
that maybe a war is not um, necessarily for a good reason. Like like the Vietnam War, there was really no good reason why we should have been involved necessarily. I mean, there's it's complicated, of course, but we also didn't support them in the way that we should have either. And so, so it was just obviously a very complicated war. A lot of just, I, I don't even know how to say it, but, but, but anyway, the fact that they, that they put out this war magazine at that time where it didn't glorify, where everything wasn't rah, 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 right. let's go for the good old USA, you know, John Wayne movies kind of, kind of bullshit. Um, so it was considered unpatriotic. The fact that they could show, Soldiers doubting their mission. The fact that they could show civilians getting killed. Um, you know, it was it was deemed unpatriotic, and especially that first story in the second issue um, about that's from a uh, Vietnam villager's point of view. The guy that's farming the yeah, rice. The old man. Yeah. Yeah. And that other guy that like goes around ripping teeth out. Ooh, yeah. Brutal. Hold on one second. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. So in the in the third issue. So that's why I like the irregular issues because... So let me tell you, there's two reasons I like the issues over the collected edition. Is that, uh, like all the other Warren magazines, at the very bottom, they tell you who wrote it right. and who and, and drew who drew it. it. Yep. Uh, with the collected edition, you have to keep flipping back <laughs> yes. to the <laughs> first the page. Very first yeah. page. Yeah. I hate yes. that yeah. they took that out, actually. like I love that about the Warren ones. is like The first page, you're like, oh, I like this art. Look down at the bottom right. unless yes. you drew it. Yes. Um, so that's one thing I don't like about the collected edition over the individual issues. And also, the individual issues have the letters columns, which are really yes. interesting. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Richard Kyle from Long Beach, California. Yes, I'm calling you out. Hey, Rich. Dick Kyle. Okay. <laughs> he says, do you seriously expect to make money with a war magazine that publishes nothing but anti-war stories? Well, yeah, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> and then their response was, naturally, we're in the business to make money, but it's our hope that Blazing Combat will sell because it's well-written, well-drawn, and it presents a realistic viewpoint of what war is like without insulting the intelligence of our readers. Hmm. With the above exception, our mail indicates that we are on the right track. And as with the two following comments, oh, so they just say, like, there's more comments that say how good it is. And, like, yeah. the, the ones that come after are just, like, nobody tells war like it is. Like, that, you, it's similar with movies. At, during this time with movies, up until Apocalypse Now, um, nobody told war stories like it actually was. Like, right. But these guys did. And that's that's the thing is they're not... One thing I like about this is they're not actually taking sides. Like, they're just telling yeah. stories. Showing you yeah. what it's like. Well, and I, I believe, like, a lot of these guys probably served World War II. Um, they, I think they would have been around the age. I, I'm obviously just like. Oh, I'm sure. Out of. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember that Jim Warren didn't. Um, uh, I can't remember why, but uh, Archie did a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, just uh, at the time. And like like Spence said, and he had to leave for a second to go yell at his children. But uh, <laughs> um, like he said, this isn't. It's not candy coated, man. No, it's, it's like straight it's not, up. It's not. It's not jingoistic. It's not rah rah. Let's go get him, win one for the Gipper kind of stuff. But but it's also in this. It's also I wouldn't call it unpatriotic either because it's it's not. It's like 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 we've said. It shows 
both sides. It's just a very kind of realistic and humanizing um, portrait of of war. Even if it's even if it's humanizing our so-called enemy, right? You know, it's still it's just a very human portrait and realistic portrayal of of war. That even though we're trained to kill these people, they're people. Right, you know exactly, and, and they're they're trained they're fighting to, for their their cause, right. whatever it may be, and they're trained to to view us as as less than human as well, right? You yeah. know, Dude, so, one note I made is yeah. that this is like these stories are impartial, like yeah. oh yeah, yeah. that's totally. what's so cool about it, right? Like, yeah, like they'll make it, like uh, up until then, you know, they had like the Howling Commandos and like uh, you know the, our fighting forces and uh, our army at war, and it was all like. America, America, America. Right. But these guys, like, uh, like nothing uh, to me seems more obvious about this fact than the, that Civil War story where there's the the guy from the south, and the guy from the, the north. The, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the guy gets killed, and there's and the guy. Well, he's not killed yet, but he's like suffering, right? Yeah. On the, in the middle of the battlefield, mm-hmm. and so like the guy that shot him is like, dude, you need to go take care of your friends. Right. Just go, yeah. 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 Go and so then they the like. They meet up in the middle, and then they're just like, right. Well, then they start talking like regular dudes, like they're they're fine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of them pisses the other one off, and all of a sudden, it's just like. But it, but it's a while before that. That's what I yeah. like about it. It's just like you know what? It. No offense, I have to shoot these guys. Like right. that's what it's like. It's it's, <laughs> it's my job job, to shoot right these the union yeah. these union uh, soldiers. And yeah. I and I think it's in the last issue. There, there's a story with where where they're fighting the Nazis, but yeah, you, but you get a view into the one of the Nazis' head, and he's 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 just like, like the SS are giving him a hard time, like you know you need to do a better job. And he's like you freaking, you know you see inside yeah, his his right. mind, he's like you guys are psychotic. I just want yeah. to stay here. I don't want to fight these people. I have nothing against them, and the, so it's like humanizing a Nazi. Right. Yeah. Well, there's that other story too, which, which at is the time, unheard of. Dude, in comics, yeah, no one would ever right. do, no, dare do that. No, that's like super, yeah. yeah. And so so the fact that they, yeah, I mean, like... Well, I was going to say that man. story about the uh, when they go in and there's that Nazi and he's like, oh, you have this lighter and it has like uh, the initials of the commander oh, on sure, it. Sure, yes. And he's like, it, you stole it from him. And he's like, no, no, I didn't, you know. And, he, and he's like, that's it. And so like... He beats him to beats, death. Yeah, beats him to death. And then he pulls out his wallet and he's like, "Oh, this was his initials." And it says a picture of his wife and kid. So, dude, right. that story. What you're saying. So, so what happened is, that that's one of the most gruesome. Oh yeah, like things, dude. Yes. He he, it's not guns. He kills this guy with his bare hands yeah. because he found a lighter with these initials on it, and he uh, thought that it was. One of their fallen soldiers, right? One of his buddies that just got killed. And then there was uh, there's the other guy that was saying, "Don't do it, don't do it." Uh, you know, like let's just take him in as a prisoner. Right. And he's just like, "Nope, this guy killed this guy." And so he just beats him senseless, chokes him, and and kills him. And then the guy is, dude, oh, so oh, tragic. Yeah, so the yeah. guy grabs his wallet, sees what his name is, and then the very last panel is like the wallet open and it. Oh, so the guy walks away and he says, nobody will care. Right. Yeah. Uh, th- no one cares about He's the enemy Purvis and nobody cares what happens to him. Yeah. yeah. And there's a picture of his wife and kid. His wife and his baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, <gasps> again, humanizing a Nazi. Nazis have yeah. wives. Nazis had children. Some of them didn't want to be 
be doing this. Yeah. Right. You know, again, that's that's unheard of. Yeah. Especially during wartime. Right. But, and dude, so uh, Jim Warren in the interview at the back talks about how advanced uh, Archie Goodwin was oh, to man. think about this because this was published in what sixty five. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me see real quick. Um, yeah, nineteen. Oh, sixty six okay. is issue three. So nineteen sixty six. When you think about like all the uprising of Vietnam is sixty nine, right? Like, and like all yeah. the hippies were marching in nineteen sixty nine. This is four years before it became a movement. Yeah, exactly. Right. And Archie Goodwin was already saying, "Dude, maybe this isn't right." And the one that uh, we were talking about earlier uh, that we started talking about about the guy in Vietnam who managed a rice paddy, yeah. right? That one is like the Viet Cong comes in and says, "Hey, we freed you from yes. Saigon." Yeah, right? and he's like, "Okay, well." Like his whole thought is like, okay, is this gonna make my rice grow better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, what, what is this gonna do for me? And then, like the Americans come in, and then uh, North Vietnam comes or South Vietnam comes in, and like, that's that's a tragic one actually. Oh yeah, it's so. Sad. I would say that's one of the most memorable ones to me, just because like mm-hmm. this guy, all he wanted to do mm-hmm. was work, and these people in charge, the higher ups, the the leaders are the ones deciding what to do right. and at the very end it says like the war touches everybody and like you can't you can't get away from right. it and this was again four four years before yeah. all the vietnam like demonstrations and that's in, yeah. in issue two for crying yeah, out know, loud I know, right? <laughs> when that war is going on yeah that is so crazy to me i mean i you know i can understand like historically why people why the establishment at the time would see this and just be like, yeah, you, for sure. Yeah. You traitors. And yeah. you know, you, why Hippies. aren't you, why aren't you <laughs> supporting? I can see why they got so much grief. Like, uh, cause as, as they, they mentioned, I can't remember the exact organizations, but like they wouldn't sell these on um, newsstands, right? On well, uh, they military sell bases. Military bases. So that was the biggest issue because, right. like, at that time, that's where a lot of military bases sold. were. Like, yeah, all the comics went yeah. to. Like, Marvel shipped all their comics to military right. bases, and so yeah, these guys couldn't do it, and that was what killed them. Man. And then I think the American Foreign Legion, I think, raised a stink and and just like put a lot of pressure on. Um, the various distributors or whatever, and so like, issue one apparently sold quite well. Right. Uh, issue two sold hardly any at all, and issue three and four I don't think lost hardly sold. Did they lost money on those right. last ones? Yeah, for sure. And so, so they just kind of got buried. They just nobody would sell them, uh, just because they were too controversial. Which is crazy because like today. I, I feel like it's so relevant. If something like oh, this yeah. came out today, I think it would do quite well. Oh yeah. Right. oh, yeah, for sure. But well, like you time, said, if it, it would have come just... out three years later, it would have... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It would have sold gangbusters. All, across all the college campuses and stuff. Yeah, dude. It would have been, like, crazy. But it, they were just too... Dude, Archie Goodwin, man. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, when I think about how good of a writer he is, I'm just like, dude, he was... Like Stan tried to put moral, Stan Lee tried to put morals into a lot of Marvel stuff and, and things, but he was really careful about it. But this was like right in your. This yeah. is the first war that Americans were basically ever ashamed of. Like right up until then, yes. war was glorious. Like you know, they they everybody was who went was war heroes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this was like the first war where 
it wasn't glorious and the and dude archie goodwin was at the forefront dude he's absolutely it's crazy man mm -hmm. that guy dude i love him man uh he he did a lot of stuff late later for like marvel and dc that now i want to go pick up because all i know him from really is like the the warren stuff that he right. did um yeah. but he was like uh he did some bat. What was it? He did a Batman. He did a lot of Batman. Yeah, um, but yeah, I want to see what his like superhero stuff was like, because dude, the guy could write his way around anything, man. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's as cool as this. These magazines have uh, old West uh, type stories. Uh, we're not type, but sorry, um, like Civil War. I mean, not Old West. Civil War, <laughs> uh, Vietnam. It's got World War Two. It's got we'll, World War. We'll talk I. about it later, but it also has a apocalyptic story, dude. Yeah, which is crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, what, that, Alex that one really. That one? Uh, yeah, we could talk about it now. Actually, that one kind of stood out. Like it, a it was sore singular, thumb. dude. It was singular. Yeah, and, but it's one of the ones that Archie didn't write by himself. Uh, that, yes, uh, it was co-credited with Alex Toth. Right. What about the uh, the well, three hundred story too? I yeah, appara I apparently have thirty nine comics written by. Archie Goodwin. Oh, serious? A hell of a lot of Batman. Uh, some creepy, of course. Marvel team up. Tarzan. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He did do some Tarzan. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, he wrote Wolverine and Nick Fury: The Scorpio Connection that uh, Howard Chaykin drew. Uh, avoid dude, that one, so boys good. and girls. <laughs> no, hey, man, dude. it's good. The writing is good. The art might be subpar. Close your eyes when you read it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So real quick, uh, let's talk about some of the artists that are in here because we haven't said it. So Joe Orlando, Angela Torres. I mean, I mean, these guys are like staples of Warren and EC stuff. George Evans was from EC. Gray Morrow was amazing. Oh. My favorite in this, actually, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but Reed Crandall. Reed Crandall. Oh, to shit, me is dude. a standout of this whole thing, dude. Actually, he's so amazing. Wally Wood. Uh, Al McWilliams and Al Williamson, who yes. I always get mixed up, Same. dude. Same <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah. Gene Colan, uh, oh, John no. Severin. Oh. John Severin stuff so, is, oh, dude. Yes, he is I so freaking good. <gasps> and I, I love Gene Colan. Yeah. I always have. He used to creep me out a little bit, yeah. his stuff, when, when I was younger. But this, I think he... Did he do three in here, maybe? Or uh, just yeah. two? Uh, let's see. One. No, I think maybe he did three. And and listen, God God rest him, wonderful man, amazing artist. But this is by far the most beautiful stuff he ever did. Dude, his, Hands his U boat down. story I freaking love, dude. And he did so he did the U boat story, and, and then he, he did the one about the the medic, yeah, the uh -huh. the, the, the black medic that was yeah mm -hmm. saving all those racist cracker asses oh yeah dude you're right dude he killed it, it in unreal this. the thing is is like i see a lot of Everybody these artists is. like my favorite stuff of a lot of these people's is here dude like yeah. my favorite john severin stuff is in here yeah um, i agree yeah um let's and see I, and i i have a lot of john severin king cole and all this right he did a lot of conan stuff but yeah, it was never better than this. Dude, and Reed Crandall, too. Like, uh, this is my favorite Reed Crandall stuff, and I've seen a lot of his stuff, but this, he literally oh kills it, dude. And what's cool about this is uh, not only are these people doing several stories, but they'll do different styles yeah. in each story. Like Reed like, in that one. Yeah, Reed Crandall will one. do like a like a, a painted version. Yeah. And then in the next story, he'll do like a just straight up inked version. Like, 
Um, who else? Jorlando changes his style yeah. Yeah, quite Orlando a bit. Yeah, it. and in in that thir- Thermopylae story oh, yeah. mm-hmm. by by Reed. Yeah, where it does two styles in the same yeah story because because yeah. like it flashes back to like the 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 three hundred the three hundred holding holding the fort or whatever. But then the the modern well, it's modern at the the, the uh, World War Two the World War Two stuff is like this painted. I don't know. I guess that's not painted. But it looks this, painted. This, it's called. It's an ink wash. Is what okay, it is. an ink wash yeah. style. Mm-hmm. But then, when when they're talking about what happened here in the so past, so these guys, yeah, so it's these modern day for the time, right? Uh, soldiers, and they're like, dude, do you know what happened here in this exact spot right. where we're at? And then they basically tell the story of three hundred right. that you know from Frank Miller, which, you know, Frank Miller. Oh uh, you thought he was original, but it's already been done in comic form before Frank Miller ever got to it, yeah. right? So clearly we, Frank Miller was inspired by it. But then it goes back to the modern day, and it's a completely different yeah. style. Well, and and it, unreal. It, it looks very like, I, I don't know if biblical is an art form, but it looks very <laughs> biblical. Like, do you know what I mean? I like, would say I it's exactly a fiction. Yeah, it's a form of fiction, if that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, some, um, like, there's Prince a Valiant style to yeah. it. Like, I don't know how to explain that. No, I know. Like, but it looks there's very... There's this, uh, this artist named Gustav Dore that okay. did Paradise Lost and did yeah. a lot of stuff in the Bible. Did a lot of what is Dude, called woodcutting bib- Biblical style. illustration. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, one of the most amazing illustrators of all With, time. Without yeah. a doubt. Uh, and, and, yes, it, it's a very similar... Um, Similar, similar look yeah. to that. So, so I know, I know what you mean. So like, uh, so Joe Orlando, um, who's freaking amazing. He he came from EC, uh, then he went on to do this stuff, and then he went on to be like a big time at DC. Right. Um, so he did the first story in this um, called the Viet Cong. The first that's what's right. so good about right this. out of the like, gate, dude. Yeah, dude. That first panel of the first issue is one of the coolest things I've like. This could be like cinematic, actually. Like, yeah. it just has like people loading supplies into like a chopper, and like soldiers standing around and soldiers loading stuff in. So that same guy did this story face to face, which is right. a completely different style, yes. dude. Like, that's what's so cool is like he got these guys to do something like completely different. Uh, we were talking about Reed Crandall. Uh, that's my Reed favorite Crandall's, artist in this thing. Yeah, it's, uh, 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 he's my favorite, but dude, he had a tragic life, dude. Let me tell he? you. Let me tell you about oh, his man. like how he ended, dude. Okay, I'm gonna need more to drink. Yeah, you're gonna need to pour another one for this, dude. <laughs> so, I'm gonna just read this straight from Wikipedia. Um, Crandall, who had left New York City in the 1960s in order to care for his ailing mother in Kansas had developed alcoholism. Good, good for you. Ooh. Yeah, you just poured another one. Right. <laughs> um, he, uh, recovering, but he recovered by the time of his mother's death. He nonetheless suffered dehabilitated health and left art completely in 1974 oh, to work shit. as a night watchman and a janitor for Pizza Hut in Wichita. Oh, come on. <laughs> After suffering a stroke in the same year, he spent his remaining life in a nursing home and died in 1982 of a heart attack. Good oh, Lord. Dude, he was one of the most amazing artists that ever lived, and working as a janitor for Pizza Hut. Holy crap. Can you imagine? Just like your talent just go, oh my God. That sucks, dude. That's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> because looking at this, he's one of the brightest shining stars in this book, in this four issues. And, dude, it just... <sighs> and then it goes to a mop in a bucket. I know. Should we just end the episode now? 
because it feels like oh, like how do we get back from this Callie? I don't know. I mean, war is sad, and so was the end of yeah. his life, yeah. right? So, yeah, you're right. Um, so he deserved it. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. That's not. <laughs> Ryan, you just pulled Callie on me, dude. <laughs> dude. But honestly, like, this is, this is a book that, that made terrible. me fall in love with Reed Crandall, dude. The guy is, like, ink work when he does... When he does his style where it's just like line, ink lines yeah. all over the place. Like there's that one um, story. I think it's a Revolutionary War story where they're in a bar at some point. Yeah, um, that's an issue too. Yeah, and they're like waiting to fight. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he wouldn't and I, dude, I signed up bo- to fight people. That I bar mean, scene is yes, like it's the so most good. beautiful thing I've yeah, ever you, seen, It's dude. almost like you feel like you're a fly on the wall oh, yeah, in the bar, one, dude. dude. Yes. It's called the uh, Saratoga. Uh, yeah. And that... Is one of the most beautiful illustrations I've ever right? seen in my Definitely. life, dude. Yeah, it's and that guy was mopping up ranch dressing off of the, uh, the floor that of Pizza is the Hut. Most depressing, dude. Oh my gosh! And the thing is, is he was caring for his mom. Oh, dude, we can't keep going. This is the saddest thing of the night. I can't keep going with this. So Alex Toth, that's it. That's Let's it. Talk Alex about Toth that is dude. amazing, yeah, by the way. That's a better like, story. So how you're you're the artist? You know how to describe. He has such a thick line. Dude, super thick line. A super thick brush line, but he has kind of a cartoony style. I would say Darwin Cook took a lot from From Alex Toth. And there's some Eisner going on. Yeah, Yeah, right. For sure. But like, yeah, it's a very, yeah, a very thick line. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, oh, we'll get to this later. But uh, so he is one of the only people that lettered his own stuff in in yeah. these four issues. There was like uh, one or two others, um, but uh, yeah. So he lettered his own stuff, and his so he did a airplane story in it. Freaking Gene Colan, dude. So he did a they. So they had quizzes in the front of the issues. Yeah. Yes. And he did one of those, and he did an airplane story. He did survival, and he did sur- the survival. Yeah, one. survival one is awesome. Okay, yeah. well, it is. Well, I don't. So, th- I don't so, think. I don't feel like it fits. It, so here's it, the thing. That one was co-written by Archie Goodwin and yes. Alex Toth, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's not a. It's not a war story. It's a post-war story. Yeah. Correct. Saying, right. right. Yes. So it is absolutely wonderful. But it should. It should have been in it's a own, creepy or an yes. eerie, or had its own series. Yes. Like instead of this. I agree. I think it's out of place. It's but a, it's it is fantastic. It is, yeah, it is it so is good. Amazing. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. But I, I do feel it, it's out of place. It's slightly out of place. It takes you out because while you're reading this, I mean, you're it's just, I mean, your war story. So, you, you know, your mind is on combat. Your mind is yeah. on, you know, like uh, planes and tanks. And, and it's and it's about the guns. horrors of war. It's about the horrors of what happens to a place that's destroyed in a war. Right. But like, but yeah, it's just. I mean, there's. I don't know. It just shouldn't have been in this I agree. series. Yeah, and that's what's weird is there's um, because when you're reading it, most of the stories are all during combat, not what has happened after combat. During combat. During. Did you say during? During. Okay, oh, by the way, no, I want to let you guys know this. This is no. I got to tell you right now. I changed <laughs> the way I say exit because of our old podcast and Ryan making fun of me. I used to say. <laughs> I used to say exit, and you were like exit, and yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. it is exit. No, he and then Ryan poked fun at me so much, I changed it to exit. So now, whenever I talk, I always say exit. 
Kelly, I'm wow. so sorry, dude. The so rain is changed the way I speak, life. dude. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Well, it happened, and so that's like so now I say the exit. Do you, do you say exit? I, I, I would just say exit. Yeah. Okay. And so that's that I you got me to start saying it that I way. I say exit. So, I say well, exit. Wait, so how did you used to say it? Exit. Exit. Like With like E-G-Z-I-T. Yeah, exactly. Exit. Exit. Right. But it is exit. Exit. But it's, yeah. yeah. And but so I said it one time, you're like, oh, exit. And I'm like. I'm sorry. I'm such a dick. And so then I was like, no. Okay. This was like 13 years ago. It was. Or more, actually. Yeah. But since then, I have literally changed it to say, make sure I'm very pronounced Exit. Oh man, I feel. And so when other people say exit, I like think to myself, Ryan should have talked to that person. Okay, Ryan, say exit. <laughs> Ryan, you need to pay for his therapy, oh, dude. Man. All right. Hey, you pay for his therapy. Just Venmo me fourteen bucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will in like uh, seven, eight months. Yeah, it took about that long for the last Venmo. So, so did you guys? Um, I walked away for a second. Did you guys talk about the story? Yes. Yeah, we did. Uh-huh. I thought. I think it's great. I think it is fantastic. It is beautiful to look at. And it's out of place. It is out of place, but I love that. I actually love that it's in here, actually, because, like, it's kind of a break uh, from... I think it should have been in Creepy. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you, but it's kind of a break... It pulls oh, you away dude. from. It does pull it's you away so from good. war, though. Like it pulls you away from the stories that you were reading up to that point. Hold on. So yeah, no. So I just wait, what's I like the word I just made fun of you for now? What's what? What word is it now? I don't even remember. Deering. You deering. said deering. It's deering. Yeah, I definitely shouldn't be deering. Okay. Is it during or deering? I I feel bad for making. fun Tell of me you the right way to exit, say it, though. But. But okay. I, I don't feel bad about making fun of you for D. You guys are wasting my time. Okay. <laughs> so did you guys talk about what the story even what happens in the uh, story? So basically, it's it's post-apocalyptic. This dude's it's called Forager, right? Yeah, no survival. survival. But he is a forager, Correct. and he's going around he just like wagon. collecting canned food, yeah. right? So like, and uh, he's killing these dogs, and uh, dude, it's some, so that is straight up Joe Kubert. Yes, I, it actually, is. Actually, that's the kind of a John Buscema. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, but it's so beautifully drawn, it is dude. Stunning. And what's so cool about this is like it starts out with so much hope, right? Like he sees these footprints in the snow or the sand or something. I can't remember. On a, on a beach. It looks like. Okay, so yeah. it's a beach. He sees the footprints and he's so excited because he hasn't seen people for sees forever. Sees a log, a log raft. Yeah, dude. And he's so excited and starts running for it. And then right before he gets there. It says, oh, uh, there's this deep nagging inside of me yeah. uh, that made me slow my pace and proceed cautiously. He realizes that they're still in his food. Right. And so then he totally turns. Like, this is where it turns from a hopeful story to, like, a story that's like, I've got to, like... It's them or me. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so then he, like, bashes that dude in the head with a rock. Oh, yeah, that's, dude, like, yeah. hardcore. There's a couple of head... Rock bashing uh, stories. Dude, there's one story at the very end. It's yeah. just like bashing a dude in the head over and over with a stone. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is Kay. like. Hold up. We'll get dude, to it. Oh my gosh. So, anyway, so then he, now he's turned from being hopeful to like, I've got to defend my own. Right. And then, like, um, and so he finds the people. So he kills the one dude, and then he finds the people eating his food. And so, and he finds a gun too from those people yes. who came on the raft, and he just shoots them down. And then, um, I mean, this is where it gets a little weird because, like, this is, like, actually a little bit... So the twist ending of this is one of the people he killed was a woman. And he's been without female contact for a long time, presumably. Right. But, like, what if she wasn't into him? What would this dude have done? Right? Like, it kind of feels rapey to me, dude. Yes. Like, because, like, the whole tragedy of this story 
is that one of the people he killed was a woman. What if he didn't kill her and she wasn't into him? Or what, what if he did he kill done? her and he still was into her? Well, that's the whole thing. If there was a second part to the story... <laughs> I thought the same thing, actually. <laughs> like, like what, yeah. what did he do after this? Right. But, but one of my favorite, this is like my favorite paragraph in the whole book, actually, is like when he realizes he killed a woman, he says, suddenly the air filled with a taut, shrill, horrible cry of pain and rage, animal-like in pitch and quality. It rose higher into the night, ripping, tearing, into my head up, or tearing my head apart. I tried to shut it out, but it wouldn't. And couldn't stop it for in a while I realized the truth and I knew that that raw shrill scream was mine and I was like Jesus that's so freaking heavy man like he just heard this scream somewhere but he didn't even realize that it was coming from himself because he basically basically killed the person he would have had sex with I mean (laughs) and that's where it gets weird (laughs) because like So souvenirs, um, you know, where that dude goes and, like, pulls teeth from the people that have been killed. Brutal. Yeah, so gold teeth, right? Gold teeth, yeah. Yeah. And he keeps him in a little satchel around his neck. Yes. And this is uh, Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And it's John Severin. John Severin. Some of the best Severin art, I think. Dude, Severin is so good in this, dude. So I I couldn't quite – there was – this reminded me of someone, another artist – Probably more oh, contemporary, really? I guess. But um, I couldn't quite place it. Maybe it just reminds you of Severin. Tony Moore or something? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. No, I could see that. I could totally see that. So Severin was a big... He was mad. He was in... He did Mad Magazine. He did uh, Crack. Was it called? Cracked. 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 Yeah, he did Cracked forever. So. Um, he did Cracked forever, actually. And then he got back into comics after that. But, um, dude, he did... Uh, do you guys remember in early 2000s there was a uh, Rawhide Kid series where they made Rawhide Kid gay no I you oh that. yeah no I do I don't remember um, I do. but Eric Powell did the covers I okay. remember that and I had uh, Eric Powell did the covers yeah uh-huh. oh, wow. yeah it's cool but uh, yeah uh, Severin did that art for that like, really yeah I haven't gone back and looked at it Dang. since I realized who Severin was but uh, but yeah, like people were giving Severin shit for that, and he actually stood up for it. He's like, dude, uh, Rawhide Kid has always been slightly like effeminate anyway. Hmm. Yeah, but, I, I dude, Batlash and, was like that too. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. They can't all be. Dude, do you think all cowboys are. No, not all of them. <laughs> you, uh, did you base all of your cowboy stereotypes on. Um, Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. I did. <laughs> 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 I like that you finished that for me. No, You're but welcome. Severin's art in here is really cool because he was actually in Mad and Cracked. He was known for like humorous art. And this is slightly cartoony, but serious, which is why I see where you get the Tony Moore like um, relation to that. Yeah, I, I'm just more familiar with, I guess, probably his 70s work, I guess, because Cole and right. Conan and stuff. Yeah. And so it was, and so it was interesting to see this. I was yes, just thinking ahead, Severin's artwork also reminds me a lot of Brian Azzarello. Wait, okay, Say I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one second to fix what you just said. Okay, so no, it doesn't. I, no, there's a there's some of his faces. Like if you look at really, yes. Let me see this shit. Give that. To me. Look at look at his. Okay. Callie, what Callie. Is, 
Brian Azzarello is not the art. He's a writer. Right. Crap. So how? Who's the Who's the guy that draws with Brian Azzarello? Eduardo Rizzo, dude. Yeah. Uh, that does a hundred bullets. Hundred bullets. Yeah. Exactly. So, so never so this. ever I'm say sorry. again that <laughs> an artist it reminds took me you. Than one second to, to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> but look at this face right here. Right. Yeah. No, it's nothing like it. It looks just like Rizzo's art. No, it doesn't. Rizzo is more closer to Tim Sale Look at than... this stuff right here. It looks just like it. Okay, okay. again, the views the of Cali don't represent <laughs> the, bullets the views guys. of anybody. No, he looks just like the Hunter Bullets guy. Not Brian Azzarello. Hey, listeners. No, we'll it look doesn't. It up. No, it Severin. doesn't. You see John Severin? It's like Eduardo Rizzo. Dude, they're Eduardo nothing Rizzo's like John each other. Severin. They're nothing like each other. The Tony Moore thing was way closer. Yes. That they're nothing like each other. That's crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull some images and I'll show you how I think the bases look identical. You are crazy. And listeners, if you want to pull them up with Dude, no. Dude, I'm turning off your mic, Listeners, dude. do not. I'm turning off your mic. You're talking shit right now. I'm not. You don't smart. think he's as good as... He's not as good as Severin. Wait, when did I say as good as? I don't understand. Similar is what we're talking about. Yeah, he about. is similar. Oh, my gosh. Come if, on. If that's the case, he's similar to, like, Michelangelo. That is you? 100% Tony Moore. I'm pointing at yeah. a specific panel. Yes, right that here. looks Tony Moore esque. Right? No, Tony Moore is 80% that. I'm going to say that right now. John Severin right is freaking amazing. Art Adams, right there. Art Adams. Right there. <laughs> yeah, you're right, dude. He's got some Art Adams in him, but definitely not Brian Azzarello, first of all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Dude, I, well, I, I always associate his artist with. Anyway. Okay, so the art doesn't matter. I'm drunk enough where I probably would have the let art him slide does, with Brian Azzarello does, until you pointed yeah. out that that was the dude, art. The art, art does matter. That dude, was the writer. Art does dude, matter. Alan Moore's art in Watchmen <laughs> is so <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm going to give you one second to retract that statement. <laughs> Dave Gibbons. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Kelly, I can't believe you good just job, did that. Hey, I'm uh, sorry, Brian has a Bronze okay. Gods, I know you thought we had a good podcast, oh, but we're sorry for letting you guys down. I hate you. I'm sorry. <laughs> edit this one out too. <laughs> Thank God the misery machine doesn't actually listen to us. So exactly you guys know who? Uh, so John Severin came from EC Days, and do you know who Marie Severin is? His wife, his inker. Oh, if she's if they're incestual, yes. Oh, it's his sister. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know. That's I, 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 I honestly thought I they were married too. I'll be completely honest with you. I thought they were. Married. Exactly we aren't talking about the white stripes, dudes. Okay. Shit. We're talking about the Severins. <laughs> okay. Their brother and sister. The All Reds. Man, I didn't. I honestly didn't. Know I that. mean, not everybody who has the same dude. You know that. Uh, I feel bad because Marie Severin is a total stone cold badass. Yeah, she really and, is. And, and I should have known. Yeah. I, I apologize. Dude, no, they brothers. To Marie <laughs> and for, you for picturing you guys. Having intimate Ew. relations. I'm really sorry about that. Now <laughs> I sincerely apologize to and, Marie and I apologize John. for Stephanie Buscema for picturing you having <laughs> intimate relationships with your uncle. Well, I knew that she was. Not, not <laughs> okay, right. dude, this has gone off the rails. Oh, Kelly, no. dude, what about S- say some smarts right now? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Say what something about- smart right now. <laughs> Dude, he can't do it. Well, what's no? What's okay? Did I make a no. good point about Commissioner Gordon the other day, <laughs> dude? Dude, what are you talking about, dude? What is in your ha- well, yeah? What are you talking about, Willis? Right now, oh, what is in your jaritos? 
Are we going to publish this? Yeah, we are. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> so too bad. Corey Feld, yeah. not Corey, Corey Feldman. Feldman. Gosh, why is it? Why is Corey Feldman oh even gosh. in a Blazing Combat podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine where that would even make sense, dude. <laughs> he is literally the furthest, furthest thing removed. From Blazing Combat and Archie Goodwin oh and Joe Lando. Oh no. <laughs> John Severin. Oh no. Okay, so let's hear it. Oh, let's see no. how you brought it in. So I was thinking, oh. <laughs> what's the kid, the guy that played. What's the kid that played Commissioner Gordon? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that one kid, Corey Feldman. <laughs> I, I would love to see Corey Feldman as Commissioner Gordon in the next Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Callie, you've ruined this podcast yet again. Kate, are you going to finish your story? Because i got other stuff I can no, talk about. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I like so that we're not going to fix this. I like that you just left it hanging. Okay. Gary so, Oldman. Dude. <laughs> Gary Oldman and Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. <laughs> yes, he called him Gary Coleman. <laughs> in the text that he said, Gary Coleman yeah, was awesome right. as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, you're right. Do you remember he was a security guard in Salt Lake? <laughs> and he jumped on a windshield? Did you really? remember that? No. There's like a YouTube video. He was a security what? guard in, somewhere for a mall in Salt Lake City. He was a security guard in a Simpsons Christmas episode. Dude, it must have been came from that. Holy shit. But, dude, he jumped on a windshield. There's Gary like video Coleman? of it. Yeah, dude. You could turn on your windshield wipers and he'd just fly right <laughs> okay. off. So, oh, no. We have to edit that out. So, the unsung. Okay, you guys, I'm really going to bring it back. Go ahead. Okay. Go bring it back. Thank you. The unsung hero of Blazing Combat is a guy named Ben Oda. Okay? No ben no. Oda lettered everything Ooh. that Alex Toth and one other guy didn't letter. Okay? Uh, and even in the magazines. It, it Ben Oda was credited with all the lettering, but in the collected edition, they actually say who lettered it. Okay. So Ben Oda, I, so I, I was actually reading this, and I rarely oh, yes. notice letterers, um, but I was noticing lettering in this, so I went back to check who did it. And Ben Oda was a Japanese American guy um, who basically lettered it. Alex Toth and Wally Wood are the only okay. guys that did their. All right, role. cool. So Ben Oda, um, oh. he, his parents. We're actually in a internment camp here in the States during World, World War, War II. II. Yeah. And he's lettering World War II stories, which Oof. is crazy, right? So he got his start from the Kirby Simon studio. I said it right that time. There you go. Good job. Um, so you. they hired him on, but then he ended up working for, like, he did EC stuff, and he did Warren, he did DC. Um, Jack Kirby used to say that Ben was the most valuable employee of the Simon and Kirby shop. Is that right? Awesome. Yeah. The Kirby Simon shop. Yeah, exactly. So so Arlene Williamson did a few. Al Williamson's wife, actually. And um, uh, Rocco Mastrosiro did one that You're I can see. That name up. I'm sorry. Kay. It's called Special Forces, drawn by Joe Orlando. But yeah, Ben Oda did the vast majority of, dude, of this. So let really me tell good. you about Ben Oda, dude. So... Um, he w started with uh, the Simon Kirby studio. Um, EC Comics, I don't know if you've seen them. I wish I had one right here to show you, but like their lettering was like almost typewriter yeah. looking, right? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand how they did that, but it turns out that there's a, there's a uh, tool that they used to use. Called a typewriter? <laughs> no, it's called uh, Leroy Lettering. And it's this crazy tool. Um, I took a screenshot of it. You probably, you guys, you listeners can't see it, but for these guys, 
It's this crazy tool where um, you had a guide. So under here, there's a guide with letters on it. And they had one part of the tool that like traced the little um, engraved letters. And then this other part of the tool had ink inside of it. So basically, you'd find the letter that you wanted and you would put the, the guide in that letter and then up above it, it would write the letter just perfectly, almost typewriter-esque. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I watched this. This video is a 20-minute long video, and I watched the whole thing on how to use this letter. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I, I always like would look at it. I'm like, how do they do this lettering? Because right. it's almost like typewriter-esque. Well, they did that. But um, Harvey Kurtzman, um, who worked for EC, uh, he also did Mad, and he did the Two-Fisted Tales. He did the War Stories um, yeah. for EC. And he hated that Leroy lettering is what it was called. Hmm. And so he actually hired this Ben Oda guy to work for EC to do some hand lettering stuff. Hmm. Uh, and so, um, but then he went on to do, uh, yeah, like DC stuff. Um, so Jerry Conway, who has a story in here, he worked um, in TV for a while uh, on Murder, She Wrote. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. And Murder, She Wrote, season nine, episode five, has a character who's based on Ben Oda, like this guy. Like it's okay. a it's a it's a comic book letterer who's in this. I haven't seen it yet, but I oh, have crap. to. I want to watch it so bad now. Um, but it's based on Ben Oda. Um, ben Oda played. He was a college basketball player. He was also a paratrooper in World War II, which is another interesting Dang. thing. Um, well, he was a paratrooper in World War II while his family was, was in an camp, camp in Wyoming. Holy crap. Yeah. Crazy, right? Jeez. Fighting yeah. for the country yeah. that <laughs> imprisoned your own camping. parents. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Dude, but let me tell you about like, this This, this whole damn. book sent me down like this whole thing on Ben Oda, dude. So he died in the 80s, and everybody says he was the nicest guy and the hardest worker. He would work. They say Somebody said that he worked 20 hours a day. And the four hours he wasn't working, he was delivering pages to people. Like, like he was the most reliable person. That's why Kirby said he was the, like the most reliable person in their shop. But uh, get this. So one, one artist said, we would all give him the keys to our apartments. And Ben would come in in the dead of night, like Santa Claus. And he'd slip in and letter the strips. Uh, doesn't matter what time it was. It would be, could be 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. But he'd do the lettering. And when he'd leave, he'd be quiet as a mouse. So, like, Holy these crap, artists would ha leave their pages on their drawing boards. Ben Oda would come in in the middle of the night uh, <laughs> with a key, letter their pages in the morning when they woke up. It was magically lettered. Yeah. Dude, get this story. So, the same artist, I think, told this story. He said, one night, I'm ent entertaining a lady friend, and we started getting intimate on the living room, <laughs> uh, on the couch. And there's a coffee table right in front of us. The lights are out, and we're sitting there. And I'm about to make my big play, and all of a sudden I hear click at the door, and I thought, oh, God, it's Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly, I whisper to the lady, get underneath the coffee table. <laughs> dude, this is all real life. This is crazy, <laughs> dude. And so we slid off the couch. We slid under the coffee table so he wouldn't see us. And Ben comes in. He puts on a light. doesn't say a word. He puts a light on by my drawing table. He takes his coat off. He lights a cigarette. He rolls up his sleeves and he goes to work. It's like, I thought we were going to have to stay like that until he lettered a whole week of uh, Dondi, <laughs> as the comic he was lettering. 
Um, I should have just said something when I heard the click, but nope. I had to be a wise guy, so it ended up with the lady and me. So we finally crawled slowly so Ben wouldn't hear us into the bedroom <laughs> on her hands and knees. But to this day, I'm sure he knew. He just didn't want to embarrass us, you know, because he was that kind of a gentleman. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, dude, like, I would never really noticed his lettering until now. But, dude, apparently he was literally the hardest working dude in comics. Wow. And when he died, there was like a, I don't know if you remember, um, in the back of the DC Comics, they used to have like a meanwhile section, which is basically Stan's soapbox. Uh, but, like, they did these whole dedications to him and just said, mm. like, how, like, it didn't matter what they needed, like they could count on him to like letter their pages wow. and stuff. So, yeah. So Ben Oda, dude, much respect, cool. man. Yeah, man, awesome. you know, that's what's so fascinating about one of the many things that's so fascinating about comics is because there's these dudes. Because I've been reading, I'm 44 years old. I've been reading comics for 38 years, yeah, maybe. Dude. I've never heard of this man. Right. And like, there's just so many unsung heroes that like do all this crazy stuff that makes this art that changes your life, but you may not even notice like a certain aspect sure, of yeah, it. Sure, yeah. Right. For real. You know, whether it's lettering or, or coloring, coloring you know the or, letters and the colors are both like the most unsung yeah heroes of comics. right and so yeah. like i i most of the time like if you know if it's a colorist oh i'll see dave stewart sure i'm like sure dave yeah. stewart uh laura allred you know I, I know these names sure but like most of the time i don't even pay attention yeah. know, which right? is which is sad and i hate to say it but like it's but so many people busted their asses for so long to bring this art to life that inspired so many people and then shitheads like me don't even like bother to read their names in the credits <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what i mean it's just it's just astounding yeah that, no it's crazy like dude honestly this ben oda guy was basically the jack kirby of letters letter. and like huh. yeah he was like the most reliable and he was the nicest guy, dude. Like wow. everything I read, everybody, nobody ever had a bad thing to say about him. And that just like, he was so reliable from the time the Simon Kirby studio was around in the forties and early fifties. Well, actually out through the fifties and until basically he died, he actually lettered until he died. Um, wow. until the eighties. Yeah. Jeez, did, did like the last letter he write, like just kind of like trail off. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Gosh, Cali. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's Callie. great. He would love that too. I'm sure he would. That was a great joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so there's a couple more stories I want to talk about. Okay. Yep. Please. Uh, there's the one that John Severin did. Since we're talking about John Severin, about the dude who uh, was super scared of war. This is issue two. And then oh, yeah. he got oh. the fire. It was kind of like a full metal jackety, yeah. Um, where he just got the fire for killing, dude. Like right. he's scared. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and he's good. like, his sergeant was like, "Get over here! You gotta shoot these guys!" And then like he tried the, to run away. Yeah. So exactly. he grabs and pulls yeah. him back. He's like, "No, you will." And so like he like ends up loving his own rifle. Yeah. Yeah. So that those three panels are freaking amazing. Yes. Dude, there's a lot of panels like that in here where the pacing is so good. Listen, my wife has 
She hates comic books. She hates everything about them. She hates the way that they're formed. She can't read them to our kids. She despises them. Mine too. But like, I was sitting here reading this, and I, I didn't show it to her. But the fact that I almost showed her this three-panel <laughs> thing says a lot because yeah. it's it's a it's it's showing this poor private who is. Just blasting away at the enemies. And he's scared out of he's his mind. He's scared right? out of his mind in panel one. Panel two, his eyebrows are lowering a little bit. He's, and he's crying. He's he's yeah, he's sobbing hysterically in one. Yeah. In two, the you can see they're they're still there, the tears. They're drying up a little bit. But in three, his eyes are wide, the the eyebrows are down, he is no tears. Full on just killing hate. machine. I don't want to say he's enjoying it, but yeah, he's a yeah, killing machine. Well, and if you look at it, so the first panel says Kapow, so yeah. it's got one shot, yes. and the second panel has two shots. It's like Pow Pow, right? And then the third panel is Pow 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 Pow, right. and he's just like going crazy. And to me, that's probably one of the most sad stories yes. in the whole Absolutely. thing. Well, and he keeps firing even after they're dead. He's yeah, like, no, he I'm pretty sure that one's done. He can't let go of his gun. He can't right. let it go of his gun at that point. Yeah. And, and it's so crazy. Like, that just shows, like, how war changes somebody. Right. right? And the other story that kind of reminds me of that one a little bit um, is the one where the kid was like, man, I haven't even seen the action. Have you even seen a Nazi? Have you seen a Nazi? And through oh, the yeah. whole thing, he's like, doesn't see action, doesn't see war. And then all of a sudden, the very last panel, they like end up uh, shooting each other, a Nazi and him, and they both die. Oh, no, dude. That's, oh, dude. That one is the one that, like, yeah, so he's just wanting to see, he's wanting to see some action, Come right? Combat. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I said, and it's yeah, like, I haven't yeah. seen, uh, and they opens the door, a Nazi. Yeah. Right. And like, the guy's sitting in this door, and it's in some broken down French town. And, yeah. uh, like, and the Nazi, like, and they kill each other. Yeah. And, dude, that panel is one of my favorite panels in the book, dude. It's when you I can got see it right through here. the wall. So the yeah. wall That's is, the first issue of Blazing Combat that you had. That you, sh- you showed that to us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and the wall is broken up, and there's yes. people in the background just celebrating and drinking right. because they won the war. But then it shows these dead guys, one German and one American, yep. and they're lying inside the building. That's one of the most beautiful panels ever. I think that's a, awesome. is that a that's a Reed Crandall. Yeah, that's a Reed Crandall story. And uh, they're dead, and with the the juxtaposition of the rest of the Americans just celebrating and toasting, and like, uh, dude, that that panel right there to me sums up the entire book, dude. Yeah. It's like, like war is war, that you know there's going to be casualties and the casualties are dead and there's going to be a lot of people sad, but you have to go on. Like these other people are just celebrating because they won a victory. There's another story like that too. Like there's so many like threads to this whole thing where like, ah, what's the one that, um, that, Oh, you dude, the one where the guy is Sergeant or is, you know, his leader tells him, you need to head up this hill, and the guy's like, "No, all of my crew is oh, gonna right. die." Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's called the Long View. Is yeah. what that's yes. called. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that story so much because, like, they're just like the his sergeant tells him, "You need to see the Long View of this. You need to see what this is going to do for the war." His entire crew dies. Die. Yeah. Everybody dies except him. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and there's this panel where he's like looking around after they take everybody he's looking around for all these people he's like we got him we got him and he's the only one standing yeah. up dude and oh dude that's crazy and then he gets 
you know, and then it basically, oh, yeah, that's the one that starts out where he's just sitting against, like, a yeah. tree or something like that, right? right. Like, yeah, he's, like, zoned out. And the rest yeah. of it's kind yeah. of flashback. There's a couple stories like that where it'll start at the end and then it'll go back. I like that. But, like, uh, but then, like, the last few panels are him just sitting against the tree and, like, looking sad. And then there's captions or his sergeant telling him, do you see what this did for the war? We gained this, like, you see how the long view is what we need to take? Yeah. But, but the guy, yeah, but he was willing to sacrifice all those people. And dude, never in any of the, like the Marvel War stories did you ever see something like this, dude. Right? They would they would just be a group of soldiers. It's an issue one for those following along. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, and it would be just be a group of soldiers who, in Marvel comics, would just take take down the right. enemy and be fine. But this guy was the last one left, and while what he did was a good thing for their army. Like, it's going to affect him for the rest of his oh, life, yeah. dude. He's going to be screwed up. The art by that one is uh, by Gray Morrow. Oh, it's oh, Gray, Gray Morrow. Morrow. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Gray Morrow is freaking amazing, <gasps> too, actually. Who did dude. some Hulk stuff in the 90s? He did? By the way. Gray Hulk. Gray Hulk stuff. He did? You might want to yes. say the 90s. I wait, to get like some of that the, shit. The, the mobster Hulk? Correct. Really? Yes. No way, yes, dude. Yes, I'm going to get some of those. It's crazy that these guys, he like. He is so freaking good. Stuff, dude. Yeah, Gray Morrow's amazing, dude. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Uh, another guy from this is George Evans that has done some stuff. Uh, yeah. Al Williamson. Do you remember that uh, Angela Torres, Al Williamson uh, book? So most of these stories, the artist did everything, pencils and inks. But there was one story that Angela Torres did. He He penciled. He penciled it. And, uh, and uh, who did I say again? Jeez, dude. Angela I Torres. Bet. Angela Torres, but then. Al Williamson. Uh, Al Williamson inked him. Yeah, oh, dude, what was it? It was in the third epi- er, episode. Um, it's anyway. in the third issue? You was think? It this one? Was it Castorine Pass? Yeah, it was. So it was this Castorine Pass. Pass. It, was this, it was this tank. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was this tank story that was really cool. Dude, and, and that's one of the few that they had two, a different inker over it. And, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Taurus Williamson. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, dude, it's so... The blacks and whites in this are so good. They're almost yes. Sin City-esque. Very. There, there's this one where there's an explosion. Oh, yeah, like this panel right here. There's an explosion, and it looks like 100% like Sin City, like Frank Miller stuff. Yeah, kind of like yeah. almost negative. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Negative space or whatever. Um, a lot of these stories ended um, with, like, something. Oh, dude, there was a Gene Colan one where... Something happened. Oh, where it was like, uh, so all this bad stuff happened. It was actually paced perfectly. There was like these, like, just shooting. It paced the like the battle perfectly, but then the end, it just has like a some like sergeant sit lighting a cigarette and say, "Well, tomorrow's another day." Like they were like, "Oh yeah, we're oh, gonna." Uh, oh yes, I do remember that that yeah. very end uh, part of the story. Yeah, it was a weird ending because he's me. like, "Oh, the worst thing about today is that tomorrow's a new yeah, day." Yeah, exactly. Because right. like they had to. Yeah, oh, I think shit. I just passed right that? here, right here. What is oh, this? Yeah. I just passed it. Um, is that Gene? I thought it was Gene, but maybe. Oh special, yeah, you special forces. Oh, that's uh, that's Orlando. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. It is to Orlando. Yeah, it's Orlando. Yeah. So, like, but, yeah, to me, that was, like, the weirdest thing. It's, like, I loved it. So go to, like, yeah, almost the second they, to last page. There's, like, this awesome battle sequence. They're totally busting their asses. Right they're, yeah. They're, uh, they're ambushed. The the Viet Cong are on the run. They start mortaring them while they're, yeah. before they can get over the 
the border to Cambodia. They come back to escape the mortars. They're like bayoneting them as they're struggling yeah. out of the water. <laughs> it is just so it's grim. It's so hardcore. But then the last awful. panel is just like, yeah, the worst thing is like, it's like the most pessimistic view yeah, he's that like, you could take. He's like, we I made mean, it alive true. in one it piece. It makes sense. It's true, but it's so pessimistic. <sighs> But Jeez. did you guys read the? It was either the introduction or one of the interviews where they said they loaded the mortars backwards. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that this one? <laughs> yeah, it That's is. Yeah. Right. Where, yeah. where they like, face down. And it's yeah, like see? it's yeah. two panels. Oh, yeah. It's two panels where they yes. load them backwards, dude. Oh, that's so funny. When I was first reading it, I was like, oh okay, I guess that's how they did it. Yeah, and then same, I read same the here. interview and I was like, like oh, no, was well, I guess I'm really wrong about how that works. But. Yeah, but what's crazy is like, so we haven't really talked about the airplane story. So there's a lot of like dogfighter stories, ba- basically one each issue. I think there's a dogfighter so. story, and uh, which is cool that they could do that. To me, those are the most boring of any of them. A couple of them I think are based off of fact more than uh, story. There lines. was a few of these actually were based yeah. on fact. Actually, we're just like well. Yeah. Then this happened, and this happened, and right. this squadron saved the day, and whatnot. And What's like, cool about it is like the like, Hitler one, where he was so fucked up about those airplanes. <laughs> yeah, that was fa- fascinating. Yeah, that was because cool. there was these super jet planes that the that the Nazis had that could have just decimated everybody. Right. And for some reason, Hitler just had to be in his bonnet. But it's like, no, these need to be bombers, right. only bombers. We aren't using them for fighters. And so they strapped them down with these bombs, which made them slow as could be. And like they almost could have turned the tide of the war right. if they were just like regular fighter jets. But like he just wanted them to be bo- to be bombers, and right. decided to see he was like so singly focused and right. and like that one was like I haven't done my research. I can't back it up. But there was a few of them that were like so specific about their facts. Like this squadron did right. this that I would assume that they were just. Had some story behind it, correct? To bring it to dude, light. they did the re- like the guns in this were real. They were drawn perfectly real. Yeah. The airplanes like were drawn exactly like they were. The the tanks. There's one in one of the letters columns I read where so there's this one story where it said like the American tanks were far superior to the German ones. Really? Actually, uh, yeah. One of the stories said that. Like hmm. it was just a tank story basically. It was the one where like. Uh, there started being like a fire inside one of the oh, tanks. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, but at the very beginning, they said that like the American tanks were superior to the German ones. But then people wrote in in letters columns saying that, yeah, dude. saying that no, technically the German ones were actually superior right. to the American ones. And like they were like, oh yeah, you're right. So yeah, those Panzer. There were some crazy. They're like super fast, whereas yeah. like the American ones were like big and. Right, but uh, yeah. So, but for for the most part, they were really historically accurate. One thing we haven't really meant talk talked about. I mean, we kind of mentioned it, but like they're all um, different eras of war, uh-huh. right? So yes, like, correct. there's a lot of World War Two. There's a lot of Civil War. There's a lot of Vietnamese. I brought war. It up a little earlier. Yeah, but yeah. then you talked about the Thermopolis one. There's yeah. also like uh, there's a Revolutionary War one. There's, yeah, yeah. There's right. a couple of Revolutionary ones actually, and then there's. Um, and then just the weird apocalyptic one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also but out of place. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And like we said, like they'll they'll have different viewpoints of the war. I like that uh, there's that one where... Uh, oh, dude, we haven't talked about this one. I love this story. Civil War, where they were ransacking houses and stuff. Yeah, oh, I think it's the yes. old man's house. And the old man yeah. takes out like the Union dudes. Yeah. So that was the interesting thing is that, that was from the point of view of the Union... 
who were supposed to be the good guys. Right. And they're going through the South. Being buttholes. Right. Just, just like, ra- like raiding uh, people yeah. and killing them yeah. just to get their stuff, right? Yeah. And then there was like the one lieutenant or whatever that was just like, hey, leave this guy alone. Leave these people alone. Right. But dude, this old like moonshiner hillbilly guy takes out like six of the, the Union squad, dudes. Almost, yeah. Yeah. From the inside of his house. And it's so cool. But then what's crazy, what's controversial is like at the very last minute, it's like that one dude who was smart shoots his superior superior right. in the head, dude. Yeah. Like which would be court martialed right. any any army ever, yeah. right? Right. Like, but like nobody was there to see that it well, happened. Yeah, and be, the guy did the right thing. He'd be mm-hmm. that's death by firing squad. Right. At, right. Yeah. At the, at the oh, yeah, best. Sure, dude. If not but what's yet. just cool about that is like yeah, dude, they were the they were um, the rebels. They were right. clearly in the wrong for me anyway. For any logical thinking person, they were in the wrong. But this showed like a scenario where you know these guys are humans. These guys right. are fallible. They're yeah. not like these uh, union shoulders yeah. being right. being dicks to the people in the yeah, south. Exactly. Yeah, which you know happened. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Did, yeah, I mean it's happened but in historically. Historically, right. they're the, they're the good guys. But yes, right. this this shows. Well, it's even in modern day, dude, like with the, like the Iraq and Afghanistan war, dude, yeah. our soldiers did some absolutely. shitty things, oh, yeah. dude. You know. Uh, we're n- it's not black and white and that's yeah. what's so cool about this even though it's printed in black and white <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's what's so white. horrible yeah. about war is it it takes yeah. these these people that can be on the right side of history but they're still doing awful things right right it just depends on whose vo- viewpoint is because they the are trained yeah. By their government yeah, to the view thing, yeah. to view these people that as they are enemy. fighting yeah. as animals, right? Yeah, because how can they kill someone that you they re- that yeah, they respect? Exactly. That's the only way to train a military. Yeah, right. Sure. So, so of course they view these people as animals. Yeah, and so so obviously they're doing horrible things to these people, whether or not it's for the greater good or, or not, you know, and, and who's to say what's the greater good too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know what On I'm the, saying? And that actually brings, so, like this book brings uh, that into question absolutely. too. It's like, what is the greater good? Like that one Vietnamese rice patty right. story. Yeah, like exactly. that's the one that says, what is the greater good? It's right. all subjective. Exactly. Yeah. Leave me alone. I want to grow, grow yeah, my exactly. rice. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. yeah. What's who politically, which, what which, which political yeah. movement is, um, Occupying my village and shooting people and telling right. me what to do at the time, leave me alone. Yeah, I think one of my favorite stories in this um, is the one where the guy goes back for the wine bottle. That and was then, my least favorite. It story. was. Yes. <laughs> I just love how he's like he like goes back after in a shootout in that farmhouse. It was then, cool. Don't get me wrong. But that and then, was my like least at the very story. end, like he makes it back, but then he shot down at the end. Actually, to me, that felt buddy, like a lot like EC kind of stuff, dude. Where his it's buddy just throws like, the bottle down. Where it's like you get taught a lesson for your stupid actions. Right, like right. you saw that a lot in the EC comics, dude. Um, but yeah, this guy was like so obsessed. Oh, I'm a rule. I gotta go get that yeah. bottle of wine. He was so was obsessed just, with this bottle of wine. Right. It was this horrible, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I- Italian uh, <laughs> slang language and stuff. Yeah, let's see. Oh, another one. Oh, I unless you're still not love you, done. Yeah. No, that's it. Just, uh, just the. I thought it was a fun wine so, story. So uh, another one. Uh, this one was illustrated by Gene Colan. It's the one where they were on. The guys got uh, trapped 
Or they got, in the U-boat? Yeah, in yes. the U-boat. Yeah. Okay, see, me and Callie were talking about this earlier. Let's, yeah. let's discuss this for a second. Okay, so what happens is they're like on a battleship that gets destroyed with torpedoes by a U-boat, and Correct. they're like the only survivors. They get taken... Uh, and this is like one interesting thing to me about war. I haven't studied a lot about it, but it's interesting that there's like rules of engagement, whatever, right? So there, they there's a few stories that deal with this. Yes. Like you don't kill this person, you take them as, as a prisoner hostage. of war. Right. Yes. If they're right. a POW, yeah, right. If they surrender, you don't kill them, Correct. right? right. And, and so like this, these two guys get taken in uh, to a U-boat. Right, um, that are American uh, Navy guys or whatever. Yeah, they're the only survivors of this ship that yeah. was bombed. Mm-hmm. Right, and then once they're in there, so so basically, one dude is just all about the rules of engagement, right. about war. He's just like, okay, this is this he's is all, the strategy he's all about of war. Strate- yeah. strategy. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. 100%. And he's like, this is amazing. This is so cool. And the other guy is just like, no, this is like messed up. This is these guys are our enemies. Correct. And so they he's just more emotional. Killed all of your friends. Yeah, right. he's more emotional while the other guy is just like so much in admiration in right. of like, what yeah. is he's actually like, happening. Look how yeah. great they're doing this. They're doing this super efficiently. Yeah. They're, yeah, he was. Uh, uh, and the other guy's just like, dude, stop saying that. We got to get out of here. We got to kill these right. guys. We got to somehow like win this for our country. Oh, my wife just got home. That's my garage. My wife. My wife. <laughs> I like your like Greek the, accent. My <laughs> wife. Nectarios? Yeah. <laughs> you show up? Uh, Hi, Carrie. Hello. Um, put the kids to bed because they wouldn't go to bed. They're watching TV in my room. They're Googling the hell out of this light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, I actually thought this story was really interesting. It's so, odd. What's that? It's odd. It yeah, is, so, yes. Yeah, what, what ends up happening is, like, yeah, this guy is so not for country, right? Like, the right. one dude, right? He's just right. so for, like, the the art of war, basically. He's so inspired by the Germans' efficiency. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, earlier on, I think I was kind of arguing maybe a little bit with Kelly. I was like, I really kind of like this story. But, but in retrospect, like, it's maybe the most far f- fetched i can't imagine the plot of this happening in real life just like i can't imagine in real life right someone like that just destroyed all of your friends i can't imagine you that's siding the with thing. them that yeah. quickly that's the one thing it, it doesn't make sense the one guy explains to the other guy it's like dude he just killed all of our right. people and the one guy doesn't that he's doesn't affect him. Yeah, right. he's he's kind of a sociopath a little bit. In yeah, that way. yeah. Like, but I, I think that start story started out really strong actually, just because like, I I think it was a little heavy handed. Maybe you only have five or six pages to do it in. Yeah. But if it was longer, like maybe this guy would be like scared for his life and sad. But then he'd just be like, I think a lot of it started out with the fact that like they didn't get killed they were taken care of, right? Yeah. Like, they weren't, like, mistreated at all. Yes. Right. I, and I think that that's, that's the one believable thing that maybe could push that guy is, like... Uh, it's a Stockholm Syndrome way. thing, but it just happens way too quick. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, I do like the idea of that, but then, like, yeah, eventually, the one dude that's thinking rationally is just like, we gotta get this shit blown up. Right. And the guy's just... He tries to rat on his friend. That's, yeah. the, one. He, that's, <laughs> that's the most unbelievable yeah. part. Yeah. Of he's like, no, thing. no, I was yeah. trying to help you. I was trying to. It, yeah. It's like, and they're like, yeah. no. And so they, don't they end up shooting 
well, the one they guy. They shoot the dude right before they get bombed. Yeah, because he's like, no, I was going to, I was trying charges. to help you, yes. and they shoot him, and then they, yeah, then it blows up. I think up. a British ship of war is yeah is above. above. Yes. You guys yeah, a new Tommy Hanks movie. Not yet. Um, Greyhound. Yeah. I want to. It, oh, it, it actually is like really like when I was reading this, I'm like, dude, this is like Greyhound. It's Sweet. a lot like it. Yeah. It I have it downloaded. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. but uh, You paid for it, I guess. Uh, you borrowed it from a friend, did you? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> I, uh, yes. Yeah. But, but just so that Greyhound movie, it doesn't have a lot of substance, but the story is cool. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I know I said this, this earlier, but I... I honestly, and I love Gene Colon. God bless him. He's fantastic. Tomb of Dracula. Great. The first thing I I think I ever read was, uh, my first Gene Colon exposure, I think was maybe Wolverine number nine or ten. It's got uh, Sabretooth on the cover. John Buscema had done them all up until that point. But then he did this filling issue with Sabretooth. The first appearance of Sabretooth in the Wolverine... uh, series um proper not you know not his first appearance but anyway and his art kind of creeped me out i but i've always liked him i really grew to appreciate him he did some great work in captain america he's done a lot of daredevil that i haven't seen he's fantastic but again the stuff in this is just outstanding even this submarine one which is not my favorite i think the the african-american medic that's busting yeah. his ass because yeah, it's his yeah, job yeah, to save story. all those horrible racist douchebags. Yeah, that was a really good story. But by God, his his heart in this is it's crazy. Oh, it's man. crazy, dude. Life. I think all these guys were at the top. Every of the one of them. Book. Yeah, it's like a who's who of the best artists in comics, right. dude. Honestly, well, and, it is. and that's the thing is like even if they go on to do something else at other companies, you know, this this is still I feel like more emotion and more time was put into these. Than their monthly comics. Dude, it was weird. Like with EC, is the same, and Warren is like the artist who would normally do kind of your standard comic fair would put extra effort into these pages. I feel like, and maybe it's because they were smaller stories. Yeah. Like, why? Why do you think that is? Just less dude, editorial I know, pressure? Dude, what? I don't know. When I see like all these guys do Joe Orlando stuff, I'm like, what the? Yeah. How, dude? How much were you getting paid to do what you just did in this book? It's so amazing. Uh, I honestly just think it was like just passion, just yeah, a, just passion, and yeah. and or also you see who else is working on this stuff. Yeah, right? so that's like, true. It's like uh, your peers. You're seeing like you dude, have to raise it up to yeah, certain Joe, standards. So Joe Orlando was like a baby in EC, right? Like he did some EC stuff, but he was like the youngest dude in EC. So he comes to this book. Oh, wait, Wally Woods doing some stories in here. Al Williams is doing some stories in here. Okay, right. I'm going to do whatever I can to make this awesome. And the same with Gene Colan. Gene Colan is a master, and he can probably do draw regular Marvel comics in his sleep. But here he was like, I need to be awake for this. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, it's honestly so beautiful. Like, If nothing else, like this is just like an amazing art book. Um. And same with, like, the early creepy, like, dude, yeah. Warren was crazy, man. Like, how they got people to do what they did. You know, it really is, like, because I've, I've loved these Warren books my whole life, but I've never really, uh, I didn't dive deep into them. Um, well, you know, I, like, I would check out the, the 
creepy archives from from the library and stuff right. like that like back in the old uh our old days of our right. old podcast and stuff like that but but honestly i think it's it's just been these last couple of years i guess since since we've been i mean i've always loved them they've always right. been like my favorite things sure. ever yeah but i haven't i guess maybe paid attention to the talent right. as much since we've been deep diving into them right. uh, recently yeah um it's the same as like i um hammer horror movies for instance sure. like i always loved them but until me and my uh my other buddy jim we we did a podcast where we just discussed old british horror movies right. but like it wasn't until like we started doing those specific deep dives where we would study them and do them one after another where i could see like oh here's this cinematographer sure. oh this is the person that wrote it uh here's the director even like and this is what's different what sets them apart right. from other people yeah here's here's the same thing oh they're sure. they're shooting in the same studio here's the same set right. where i would notice all these things in particular and like it, it's been so fun these last couple of years to to whereas before i would have seen reed crandall and gray marrow and just be like holy shit this is really yeah, good right but now i can see their art and recognize and recognize it without reading the name I'm like, and oh. you can picture them mopping the floor at pizza Hut. oh god oh, damn it <laughs> that's the most depressing know, that's dude. worse than the cannibal that's story the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right dude but oh. no what you're saying is true. It's like, same with Jack Kirby, right? Everybody has seen a Jack Kirby comic. Everybody sure. who has ever read comics has seen Jack Kirby yes. and just read the story and been fine with it. But then when you go back and look at it and analyze it, it means something 100% different. Right. Like, yeah, yeah once you start... It's like you've built a relationship with the artist, but in a... Um, not on a personal level, but in a way that like only you understand how you view that. Well, artist and writer, dude. Like True. the, the yeah. main thing I took from this was actually Archie Goodwin. Right. When I first read this, I, so I've read it twice now, but the first time I was like, dude, Archie Goodwin is probably one of the top three writers of all time. Dude, right, exactly. Opinion. Yeah. And like I, I've, I've been reading, seeing this creepy stuff all of my life sure, right. just because i'm a i'm a creep and so I, <laughs> I love this kind of this kind of shit and so but it hasn't been until these last what, two two years or something where i've been able to pinpoint the talent involved where exactly. i'm like wow archie goodwin is doing all of this and yeah. everything he does is incredible yeah so it, it's it's been such a joy to be able to um deep dive into this stuff and like um well, I guess just be able to see enough of it where I'm able to pinpoint and recognize it. Right. Um, you know, like like before, I mean, I mean, well, Kirby's so goddamn recognizable that he's a horrible uh, example, I guess. But mm -hmm. but like, um, well, I yeah, I'll, I I mean, I'll just take that back because I mean the the these guys in particular because I've been seeing this creepy and eerie stuff all of my life, but. Right. It's only been these last couple of years where I can pinpoint this is Reed Crandall, this sure. is Gray Morrow, this is Joe Orlando, for mm -hmm. example. And um, it's just been, I honestly, and this pains me to say this, to the, to the center of my core, but this might be the best Warren stuff ever. 
displays in combat. Dude, I, right? I, I don't disagree with you, man, dude. Like, it's so good. And it's so sad that, it, like, it just ended, like, after four years. So, right? We're like, way premature. But, like, creepy went forever. But the thing is, is, like, maybe it's a good thing it ended because, like, creepy and eerie went a little too long. Absolutely. Right? Like, Absolutely. like, if you get the later, like, the early 80s issues, they're not right. great, right? And so, Savage Sword of Conan and, and, yeah. and every other yeah. book, there, there's always these great runs. Right. And then they're f- then they peter out right, exactly. into just mediocre bullshit. Right, but what's sad about it is that they—I mean, their hand is forced with this one, right? Like it was just yes. like they were losing money because they were ahead of their time, right? right? And that—that's pretty—that's a tragedy, dude. If you can stop on your own terms, that's one thing. But if you like, are forced just, to stop, yeah, exactly, because right. yeah. because of people's ignorance. Like, I mean, I guarantee you, people who are in these battles probably enjoyed these things dude you know what i mean like they probably were probably like hit clued, probably hit too close to home <laughs> i bet it did I bet they, exactly yeah for sure I dude. they didn't enjoy it <laughs> i mean so I, I looked it up archie goodwin archie goodwin was in the army um right. i don't know if he was ever in battle but he was like drafted into the army um but i, don't, I didn't see that he was ever in battle but like what Callie was saying earlier is a lot of these guys probably did see this stuff. And like I love Jack Kirby beyond means, but like he saw battle, but yes. he didn't portray it realistically whenever he did it. Like because he, he was fantasy oriented, right? So like yeah. his mind was fantasy oriented and he's like nobody probably wants to see what like, really right. happened. Right. Exactly. Right? So so like he That's portrayed stuff did. more heroic. Yeah. Whereas these guys are just like, I mean, this, this thing raw, to read all dude. these together is kind of a downer. Yeah, it is. Like, oh, it's for sure. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> when I read it, I was like, I don't feel really good right <laughs> no. now. Maybe, the only yeah. break I got was like the airplane ones. Don't <laughs> no, you're kind of right. Even those are, those are the most boring ones to me. Like those are the only ones that ended on like a heroic note. Yeah, it gives you like a breather. Yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. But uh. I mean, this was just so crazy about, like, how ahead of a test time it was, how it's just a gallery of the best artists and Archie. At the top of their game. Yeah. Oh, dude, it really was. Yeah, you're right, man. Like, I love they got Toth. The only thing that I wish they would have been able to do is get Frazetta to do an interior story. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. he did every cover to it, and every cover was so gory. Oh. Like, the, I, I have to hide these covers. I have, like, a spinner yeah. rack, but I have to put them in behind other magazines because <laughs> every one, somebody's bleeding oh, yeah. from the eyes, or they're getting impaled, or something else is happening. Yeah, I think it's, no, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, number, number, number two, two and it's, where it's got a stone-cold body. There's a smoking bullet hole yeah. out of a German's <laughs> forehead. Yeah, He's covered in blood, and now they guy's getting bayoneted yeah and then this one and number three all these poor i guess probably Viet Cong, just bleeding out of their mouths it looks like i realized it looks like this dude is shoving a mouth his hand in his mouth but it's not that's just his chest oh, yeah. but like this and then this u.s soldier with an upside down cross hanging off of his rifle <laughs> with yeah. like these uh branches like branches and antlers on yeah his for yeah. camouflage Oh, it's just gruesome yeah, as hell. They really are. And uh, oh, one thing I showed you guys is in uh, issue four, they have a Frazetta 
ad in the back, right? Like where it's like an anti-smoking. Oh, ad. oh yeah. yes, yes. Where, so it's like the hostess ads, but yeah. it's like anti-smoking. I've seen which that before. Again, it's a great. Bit ahead of its time, but yeah. um, yeah. So, but it's Frazetta, and there's just these hot babes, hot dudes for that matter, yeah. on the beach, and they're just drawn so well. Frazetta had like this, like it was almost, uh, it was almost cartoony, right? Like it was yeah. like somewhere between realistic and cartoony. And his interiors were so good that I just wish that they would have gotten him. In fact, if you read these letters columns, everybody, that's what they were saying. Like, every <laughs> issue, somebody was like, can we get Frazetta to do this? But he was yeah. too way too expensive no, at yeah, that point, he was, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. So they could get him for the covers, but yeah, not an interior. But I didn't realize, I was reading about Frazetta. I didn't realize he spent so much time with uh, Al Cap, Lil Abner. He did like... I don't know, 10 years on Lil Abner, like Al Cap Studio. Dude. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't know oh, that yeah. either. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense because there were some really hot chicks in uh, oh, yeah. Lil like Abner. Definitely so Frazetta-esque. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, I love, due to his inks, I mean, he's famous for his paintings, but like his like pencils and inks are so good, dude. Like, <sighs> I mean, he did do some interiors for Creepy and yeah. stuff, right? I don't know about Erie, but maybe. But, uh, yeah, it would have been cool to see that. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know if he did do any uh, Erie interiors. Oh, speaking of Erie, I meant to say this earlier. Uh, ben Oda, the letterer yeah. who we were talking about, he created the Erie logo. Oh, he did? Uh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, so if you one. ever find that murder yeah. she wrote, will you let me know? Dude, so, yeah, I looked for it, dude. I, I looked to see if I could find it anywhere. I didn't look to download it, but, like, I looked, like, on YouTube, okay. any of the streaming sites, I couldn't find that one. But uh, apparently, um, that new streaming service, Peacock, the NBC is one. It, is it on there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they okay. have all the murders she wrote. And there's, like, Dang, a, there's like a free, like, seven-day trial. So I thought yeah. about, like, looking at that for There's that. a lot of Which cool stuff on it? that, actually. Season 9, episode 5. Okay. Yeah. Nine, I have five. to watch that. But, um, uh, like, uh, Ed Brubaker, um, he has his newsletter. He doesn't, he's not on Twitter or anything. He just does newsletters now. Hmm. Um, he just did this newsletter, like, so he did, uh, he does about one a month, but he did one talking about how he has this new book coming out called Pulp, which is, uh, so Sean Phillips wanted to do a Western story. So he said, Ooh. Ed, write me a Western. And Ed couldn't do it. So basically what it did Dang. is he wrote a story about a former cowboy who's now like a mobster in New York. <laughs> <laughs> but he told this whole story about how uh, he actually almost died, dude. He was caught in an undertow in the ocean for like 30 minutes, dude, and almost died. And he had to get rescued. Brubaker? Yeah. Oh, and this really? was recently. This is while he was writing Pulp. So in the past like year or two, and he had to get rescued, but some guy was out like surfing and rescued him, dude. Oh, like shit. he would have died without. But he said like, he recently said that Pulp, um, like it was his first story after he almost died, and it was like really hard for him to write. But he said that he was the one that uh, I found out that all the murder she wrote is on uh, Peacock because he put that in his newsletter. All the Rockford files that are also on there. And so, like, yeah, I'm tempted to just try it out for maybe a month just so I can watch all that stuff, dude. Because I didn't enjoy Murder, She Wrote when it came out, but I think maybe I would, could appreciate it more now. Same, yeah. same. Yeah. And Rockford Files, I never watched, actually, but I would just heard Oh, I did, man. It. James oh, Garner, he was the shit, dude. Yeah, he was. He, dude, Maverick, dude. I watched a lot of the Mavericks, but... Yeah. 
yeah, I would like to watch Rockford Files. In fact, he you actually said it. that Rockford Files holds up better than the first time we watched it, dude. Like, it's actually oh, better it. than he first pictured it. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I so, do. Yeah, so I'm tempted to just try it out. There's so many streaming services, but... Too many. Yeah, I know there really is. Uh, but yeah, so season nine, episode five, there's okay. Ben Oda tribute, tribute by Gene Colan in there, which is cool. Cool. Wow. Or Eugene Colan, as I like to call him. Eugene Colan. So my dad's middle name is Eugene. Is that right? Actually, Mark's middle name is also Eugene. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. So you could call him Gene Douglas. That's a cooler name than Mark. That is Gene Douglas. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Wrap it up for us, Kelly. Thanks for coming. Find us on. Find us on Instagram at Cold Storage Podcast. Email us at thecoldstoragepodcast at gmail.com. We're waiting for some fan mail. Don't say that. We sound desperate. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Whoa. Please leave us a review on any of your podcasting uh, variety of buffet. What are you, you saying? To. Leave us a review. Tell your friends about us. Dude, you've had Let too much jarritos. I have had too much jarritos. Um, que buenos, Juan. Uh, please. That's racist. Please. Um, yeah, just tell your friends about us. 